0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Crystal Clodcast. I'm your host Laura and I'm here as ever this week with Mia.
1: Hello, you may know me. I'm going to have it, I've got the habit of being like, you may know me, but it sounds so arrogant. Like well,
0: They I don't may know, know you, it's a fact. They they may. It's... At they least you not, not you know me from this place. That's yeah, true. Yeah, it's not you will know me, it's yeah. you may know it's, me. It's becoming a thing, but I'm not sure I am not sure I want to keep it up. Okay, well how do you want to introduce yourself this week? Um. Hello, I'm Mia. <laughs> zip zobbity doo doc It's Mia. will do. Yeah, we also have Retta. Are you having an existential crisis about how to uh, introduce yourself? <laughs> no, you may know me as Super SuperReta on Twitter. I'm very okay with introducing myself the same way every time because, like, you know, getting into a good flow of things, it keeps things feeling familiar so the audience know they've come home. Aww. 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 Like and that. if you change it up, me and Mia get a bit confused. It's like, wait, what? What's going yeah. on? I have the power to make you both look like you don't know what's going on. That's and true. it's. Mm-hmm. You know, with great power comes great responsibility. (laughs) So this is episode 23 of the Crystal Clodcast. Today we will be talking about episode 109, Last One Out of Beach City, episode 110, Onion Gang, episode 111 plus 112, Gem Harvest, and 113, Three Gems and a Baby. So it's four episodes, but one of them's a double length one. Yeah, I had forgotten that
1: that was a double long time.
0: Yeah, they do a few of these at this sort of. We've reached know, the point yeah. in the show where they start peppering them in because we had the Bismuth two parter. We have the Andy Demeo two parter here. Mm. I'm sure we've got some two parter, like an, at least one more two parter this season. Yeah. I can't I'm really sure, off the top of my head yeah. think what it is. It is something.
1: Because it was yeah. a far parter, wasn't there? The, the newest episodes of far parter. They,
0: they were. Kind of, like, put out as a batch of four, but yeah, I don't the, think the, they, they actually, shared a title. That's a
1: good point. They're, they have individual titles. Yeah, around. Bismuth
0: and Gem Harvest are the two off the top of my head that have, like, one title for a double episode. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll start with episode 109, Last Out of Beach City, and I'm so excited to talk about this one because... Here's, here's the thing I'm just going to lay out at the beginning of this episode. Up until now, it's very easy to argue... Gems in relationships with each other Aren't gay because they're agender space rocks That you know -hmm. know, Gender's not really a construct etc This is the first confirmation We get of like Human female and Gem using she her pronouns Explicitly being romantically Entangled and this isn't like It's not like, oh, they're a fusion and that's an allegory for a for a romance. Or it is just, yeah, Paul's gay as hell. Yeah,
1: there, somewhere in my notes for this episode, I have just like, this episode is super gay. So,
0: the thing for me that like confirms this as like, I'm going under the proviso that this is just straight, it's not an allegory. Mm-hmm. Um, She's, you know, she's got the hots for a uh, mystery girl. And it's the point towards the end where they're doing, like, the flashing credits for everyone, and Amethyst is the wingman. Yeah. And wingman is a term you use for trying to pick up chicks. It's the, like, hey, we're trying to set you up with someone, you know, that you find attractive. Yeah, definitely. It's-
1: well, she's also what something about oh, what do they call Pearl? Something nerd.
0: Uh, the repressed
1: nerd. Yeah. yeah, it's it's the the cliche of like you know the person who really wants to date and who's really shy. Yeah, the
0: repressed nerds gets with a mystery girl. Yeah, I, I I feel like this isn't just like oh god, it is an allegory for a gay romance. It's like no, this is undeniably like a person using she and her pronouns goes and hits on a woman successfully and gets, you know, probably gets a date later. Yep. So exactly.
1: Yeah, so we can see that, like, Jen's, <gasps> at least in Pearl's case, are attracted to female presentations.
0: Yeah. We well, not say. not always. Rose wasn't. Rose was into into Greg. He was a guy. That's true. Yeah. You're right. So, yeah. yeah so. No, like it's Rose... just
2: that she happens to have gained a lot of LGBTQ plus
0: friends as yeah. well. So, yeah. Rose good. had a lot of very queer friends, but, uh... Well, that's not... I say that. That makes it sound like I don't think Rose is queer. I get the impression from this show that Rose is bisexual. Yeah, same. The way she talks
1: about being with other people prior to Greg, I do read as she's probably been with a gem at some point. Yeah,
0: it's... Well, she talks about she's been with people before she's been with gems. She's been with humans. She doesn't specify gender, but my... Like, I get the feeling she's been with people who use she and her pronouns before. She's also been with Greg. I read her as bisexual. Considering,
1: like, what we know about Steven Universe and the writers and everything, I would be very surprised if they were like, no, no, Rose only likes guys. But
0: here's the difference, is I read her as blank versus Rose is queer as hell. (laughs) Rose is gay. So we should probably talk about the actual episode (laughs) itself. Um, So it starts with Pearl and Steven making a puzzle. Amethyst and Greg have plans to go to a rock show. It's the clear juxtaposition of, like, look how
1: excited Amethyst is for the cool night out and look at what... Like boring pearl Yeah,
0: but she she's excited because it's a six hundred and twelve piece puzzle with no corners except that one corner Stephen <laughs> found. How could you have a puzzle with no corners? Is uh, it just like a I'm aware of this thing. Um, sometimes, like you just don't have outer edges, and it because like it's an easy starting point for puzzles is to put the edge pieces together. Hmm. Um, imagine a puzzle that has like rectangled edges, and just take out take off the outside layer of the. Uh, puzzle okay. like take out take off the pieces that have like so, flat edges so there's kind
1: of does that mean part of the side of the pieces kind of a pretend bits that look like they can go Yeah, that, that can't don't. go into anything. Kind of deceptive. pixel yeah. pieces. Yeah,
0: that's a thing that that's like picky. it's sometimes it's just a way to make puzzles more difficult because you can't start by look for the corners, connect the corners, make the sides up. Yeah. That's, it's, that's too much for me, I think. No. And you can get circular ones and 3D ones. Uh, I, in I the did one. I did a 3D circular puzzle, but I did a puzzle once. It was a Harry Potter themed puzzle where it didn't look right on the puzzle itself, but it came with like a mirrored glass that you put in the middle of the puzzle and it would look like a correct picture in this curved like mirror but it didn't look correct if you looked at the puzzle so you had to make it looking in this mirror
1: that's clever it was it was
0: a really it was a fun difficult puzzle to do Mm. so puzzles can be fun don't write off puzzles okay i'm too quick to dismiss pearl (laughs) it's boring uh greg has to cancel his plans to go to the show because he agreed to play cards and uh, Barb, the male woman, is uh, not someone to be messed with.
2: Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's... There we go.
2: One thing I just wanted to mention really quickly, um, with Amethyst bouncing, does that mean that she can change her physical properties? Because when she turns back into her regular form,
0: she doesn't bounce. I get the impression that shapeshifting... At the very least, you'd have to be able to affect your density... Because there's only so much of you to go around. I think maybe density changing would affect bounciness. i not sure. I don't
2: know. It's just something I noticed. I was like, wait, how does that let's, work?
0: Let's not to think too closely because she does at one point turn herself into a functioning helicopter. <laughs> this is true. Like, there's a certain degree of Uncle Grandpa did it that we have to go with. Yeah, how did she yeah. bounce? Uncle Grandpa did it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with that.
2: One more thing. All the ladies want to hang with Greg because it's Vidalia and Barb that he was going to play cards with and Amethyst wants his attention as well.
0: Um, There might be... I did have a guilty thought at some point in this of how much of that is to do with the fact he's now stinking rich. (laughs) Oh, 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 (laughs) (laughs) oh, A single, single man living in his van who suddenly feels too rich. Oh, all the ladies are interested now. (laughs) Invite him around for cars. Not
2: Amethyst, though. Amethyst wouldn't care about Presumably
0: not Vidalia as well, because she has a
1: husband.
2: (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah, I forgot about that.
1: Well, he is away a lot, so...
2: And Barb, does does Barb...
1: Have we seen Sadie's dad? We haven't seen
2: Sadie's dad.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, so So maybe Sadie's trying to, you know, gold dig a little bit. Pardon
2: Barb, not Sadie. Oh.
0: <laughs> <Miss Papa>. Barb. <laughs> it's like a double
1: team.
2: Sadie's
0: like, ooh, Greg. <laughs> no. So Greg has to cancel. Uh, Pearl and Steven offered to go with Amethyst to the rock show instead. Uh, Pearl frames rebelling against Homeworld as pretty damn punk. But she kind of is. She basically like, went against an all-powerful
1: government. Yeah, like, she yeah. she's
0: like one of those like '80s punk people that turns up to the like anti-government rally outside par- <laughs> houses of parliament, just like you know blasting rock music and being like, "Down with government and such establishments!" And and then... houses
2: of parliament.
0: Oh. <laughs> and then they get a spear and just start stabbing people. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Greg offers to loan them the car. He has a lot of trust in their ability to drive a car, considering they are aliens.
1: Yeah, I was wondering—is that the
0: like he has a lot of trust? I was just kind of like, I can buy another one. Just, no. just, here's the car. See what happens. Yeah, but he's letting Stephen go in that car that Pearl is driving. Well, Stevoni can drive somehow. Um, mm, yeah, it, we, we still have the question of <laughs> did he let that happen? <laughs> That's true. Um... Also, I a nice little bit of callback, it's the he's le- loaning them the Dondai, the car that we know is a sports car from when it did really well in the drag race, which gives context to how she's able to outrun the cops in it.
2: I mm-hmm. didn't think yeah, that. it is yeah. it is a car that yep. we
0: know is really good at turning corners very fast, which is how she does her mm. sneaky maneuver at the end. It's, it's a good poem. Uh Pulled in a leather jacket flipping up her collar and saying like uh, it's gooder this way. She ignores a grammar rule tonight. <laughs> That's like, how rebellious she I is. like rebellious Pearl. Like, I I have a cosplay of this version of Pearl that I've done once or twice. I just... I love I'm gonna try drinking tonight version Pearl. <laughs> like, she, she could be a rebel when she wants. Yeah. It,
1: I don't know. I kind of see this episode as kind of like... It's kind of like seeing your mum... Try and act cool and be like, I used to do this before you were born. Yeah, there's but, a little it. Yeah, but that cri-
0: like, if you cringe at it, it gets really sad at the end when it's the whole. I just wanted to be cool like I used to be. My log yeah. is really sad if you look at it through <laughs> that lens. I, so. um, I really like the line. I think I'll try drinking tonight because it. It's a it's a sentence of dual meanings. It's usually that would contextually mean I'm going to drink alcohol, but for a species that don't usually consume food or drink, it's like, ah, I'm going to consume apple juice, but it's still uh, like, ah, I'm being cool and doing that thing I don't normally yeah. do because it's a special occasion. it's
1: been established, like, Pearl hates eating and drinking. Yeah, so she something doesn't
2: something. like the uh, other side yeah. of eating and drinking is the that's, thing. That's true. Yeah. Um, so... They big
0: up. Oh, no, sorry. I just got a thing. Just,
2: it's not really that interesting. It's just funny. Because I often have notes where i've kind of stopped halfway through a sentence Mm. because i'm really awkward like that and one of the things i have written down is rockshaw pearl is (laughs) it just makes me seem really Mm, yoda-esque
0: rockshaw pearl is
2: exactly Uh, i was looking at my notes (laughs) like what the hell
0: (laughs) so uh they're going to go see mike kroll who is a real musician that exists in the world Mm -hmm. and uh I feel like he has to be a friend of the Steven Universe producers because they spend the beginning of this episode really bigging him up as like, oh, he's got this really good sound with this garage feel. And yeah. I'm like, okay, you inserted an advert for Mike Kroll into your episode. It does seem a little bit It's, it's a little bit pained. Yeah. And you know what's the other thing that enforces that down at the end? And I'm skipping forward slightly here. Mm. When we see Mike Kroll performing on stage, he looks uncannily human. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, it feels like this was some kind of brand deal where he had to be represented slightly more human than everyone yeah, else. He, it's kind of like he's come from another world. Yeah. yeah he,
2: <laughs> he's an alien.
0: He looks weird and uncomfortable, <laughs> and I don't like seeing him.
1: <laughs> Make him go away.
0: His <laughs> music's good, though. I like the music in it's this episode. It's not bad. It's kind of generic. I I don't know. I went and listened to a couple of his songs like after this episode aired. I really kinda like his music. It's I I like it. I'm I'm not a fan of your crawl. Uh you're not a fan of my crawl. Um uh, we'll Ah. get we'll get to the joke about that (laughs) later. Um Pearl is gay for tall women with big pink hair. She has a type. She has a type. Uh, I didn't
2: know human hair came in pink.
0: Yeah. I really like the bit of like headcanon someone has about this scene where that like I've seen a really nice comic and I'm sorry I can't think of who did this so I can attribute them properly. And it was of um Pearl trying to dye Steven's hair after she realizes <laughs> that like hair dye is a thing that exists. <laughs> um and I thought it was just kinda cute. That, that but it's cute. I like that. Yeah. I like this whole thing of like, oh humans can change their appearance too. There are other pink hair people out there. <laughs> I don't have to pine after Rose. Yay. I like it. That's the thing that was holding her back all
1: this time. She
0: couldn't move on until she found a pink-haired human. Yeah, yeah. she's a pink sexual. Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I you you, (laughs) Mia. Yeah,
1: well, well, that could go in a creepy direction. You're just referring to the fact that I like pink in general. I paid more for a hairbrush because it came in pink.
0: (laughs) I wanted it in (laughs) pinks. Pearl is nervous (laughs) as fuck. Loses all of her grace and control. She acts nothing like the way we expect Pearl to act Mm -hmm. when she goes to try and introduce herself because she's flustered, because she's gay. (laughs) She's very nervous.
2: Yeah. I know, there are times when I'm like, I'm pretty sure she just splooshed her pants.
0: Yeah, this entire episode (laughs) is kind
1: of basically just that. Well, that's the thing. Like, it's basically. An homage to, like, college movies. Yeah. And, like, how many kids watching have seen all these college movies? It's kind of referencing.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, Stephen... Uh, when they get in the car, Stephen points out, is anybody going to say it? She kind of looked like <laughs> mum. Like, it, I'm glad yeah, they addressed that. It's,
1: it's an amusing scene, because you see that Pearl's obviously thinking about it. Stephen's thinking about it. Amethyst kind of hasn't occurred yeah, to her yet. She's just like, huh. Eh? Yeah, Whoa. she has her moment of like, oh, yeah.
0: that's why you were going all Loopy Gaga. Yeah, how it makes sense. <laughs> so Mystery Girl has a mo- uh, Mystery Girl has a motorbike, and suddenly, like, I like her even more. I mm-hmm. love Mystery Girl. She's amazing, and I just want to drive off on the back of her motorbike <laughs> into the sunset. Um, You'd be blue and pink. I know, isn't it a good color combination? <laughs> uh, so Mystery Girl smiles, pearl blushes. And the car loses Mystery Girl as she gets past the traffic lights before them. And it's a whole, oh no, you had a connection, you missed your chance. And how much Pearl blushes just from one look from (sighs) Mystery Girl. Yeah, I hope Mystery Girl comes back and we get a proper name for her soon, because I want a name for this character. She starts
2: with an S, because that's what it says on the top of the phone number.
0: Yes, Um, we don't know what her full name is, we just know S. Stephen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> Stefani. It's, it's one
0: thing I, I did want to ask that uh, at the end, but like who I was asking out, do you think she's coming back? I think she's coming back. I I don't think they can not bring her back at this point because I think it's going to be one of those. It's. Enough people want to see this be a thing that I think at some point... It's maybe not going to be made to be a big thing, but it'll just be them hanging out that we'll see somewhere.
1: I initially thought she was coming back, but as time has gone on,
0: I'm like... To be fair, it's been a long time, like, days on a calendar since this episode aired. But it's only been, like, a season... Mm. It's been maybe one short season Yeah, I, Maybe
2: their building relationship Is just developing over text We just don't see I it be- happening I
0: believe it's been about 20 episodes I, I could see it happening honestly I, It's just I'm, I don't I'm, know. I'm it, no longer expecting it does It does feel like it was a million years ago But also like Contextually within the show it's like it wasn't that far back. Mm, okay. So, we'll considering that, like, we're very close to the end of Clodcast. Like, this is kind sure. of a late game thing yeah. that got introduced. It feels like this happened at the beginning of the show. It when can... I think of this episode, it feels like it happened. Forever ago, yeah. <laughs> feels like it's, like, season two <laughs> in my head. <laughs> mm. um, so, punk music kicks in... Pearl runs a red light to follow her. I assume the music is Mr. Kroll. Uh, it, yeah. it, it is. It is one of it okay. is Mr. One of Mr. Crowl's songs, which you would know if you'd given him a proper chance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being mean. That's okay. That's what I get for dismissing. <laughs> I
2: just recognised that it sounded the same as the music just the at same, the end. Same yeah, same dude. it's okay. a different track, but the same oh. dude. Well, it yeah. sounds like the same track.
0: <laughs> I said it sounded generic. <laughs> you just don't understand the genre. <laughs> um, okay. So. Yeah, new Pearl, no plan. I like this Pearl.
2: Amethyst likes it, but it makes Stephen really uncomfortable.
1: I like that Stephen doesn't go along with it because that seems very in-character for me. Because Pearl is acting quite out Out of character. character. But Stephen's like, this is irresponsible and wrong. I think
2: with Stephen, it's also, why are you acting this way? Clearly there is something wrong for you to be acting in a different way
0: than usual. I think part of it as well is that... Pearl is very much the, very dependable as the the rules following moral compass parent. And to see this parent do this suddenly shakes up to some degree Stephen's view of like, oh, I now have like less of a clear picture of who this parent is and what their role is. Yeah, I can see yeah, that. That's a shake up when you see that mm, from a parent. Mm. It's like, it's the first time you see, like, like the first time you see one of your parents like get really drunk or swear or oh, which something. Which where you were going with that? <laughs> where would <laughs> I have gone with that? Are <laughs> gonna like? It's, it's
1: like the first time you see one of your parents naked. And no, like, wait, what?
0: it's gonna be like when you see, like, when the first time you hear them swear or something. Uh, and you're like, yeah, I remember, I do remember that. Yeah, that's and it's burned like into my mind. It's I never this remember. thing of like, oh, that's permanently changed how I see you. Mm, mm, it's I've a, seen. it's a weird moment when stuff, like you know. There are things like that that are moments. I
2: was grown I'd grown up. I was grown up. No, I was raised. That's the word. <laughs> in a house where everyone swore anyway. So I have no memory That's of because
1: you that.
0: had a really dark childhood. <gasps> you have a dark backstory that's <laughs> going to lead to you being a supervillain one day. Yeah.
2: That's okay. It means I can go on X Factor and win.
0: <laughs> yeah, because
1: if you just get a microphone and just start talking about other things, everyone will feel so sorry for you. Whatever you're doing next, everyone
0: will love it.
2: Everyone's like, oh my god, it's so good. It's fine. If you
0: don't sing well, they'll describe it as you breaking up because like, your voice breaking because you're so emotional yeah. and exactly. you'll get through to the final. Yeah. Um So, yeah, the music kicks in. They Pearl runs a red light. The police start following her, at which point Pearl panics. She has no license. Uh, As she puts it, like, Stephen assumes, oh, you're old, surely you have a license. Pearl's explanation is she's an alien. She she can't exactly go rock up to the DMV and be like, hey, I'm a physical manifestation of light from Gem Homeworld. It makes sense. Like, she has no idea, she has no history. It does make sense, but also she liked the idea of rebelling and then she remembered, oh, God, consequences. Yeah. She's an
2: illegal alien.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of the gems are. Yeah, exactly. More ways than one. <laughs> so they they try to outrun the the cops. Uh, I love Pearl's line. This is why we buckle up. <laughs> I because it, it really nicely sums up the juxtaposition of she wants to rebel but also safety first. Yeah, yeah. Like, but,
1: like, but she's using safety yeah. in a cool way. Yeah,
0: we see like we see her instructing everyone to buckle up before they get in the car it's like oh that's a good child safety message everyone wear your seatbelts but it's like no you've got to wear your seatbelts in case you're like cool calm responsible mum and mum wants to run a cool like drift, drift maneuver <laughs> while out running the cops to yeah. go see a cool chick on a motorbike makes sense. yeah remember kids put your seatbelts on for yeah. that reason <laughs> i
1: can't stop thinking like what would have happened if the police pulled them over how, how had that situation gone
0: um have we we've never seen police in beach city no. have we um, my assumption is they would be Beach City police officers, uh, presumably, who we've not seen. Beach City's a small enough place they probably know Pearl, it probably would have worked out fine. Yeah, you don't think she'd have ended up in prison? <laughs> no, I think it would have worked out fine as, like, oh, it's you. Yeah, I, c- I can see that, I guess. Yeah. Um, they hide behind the sign that we mentioned a while back. Ocean Town, <laughs> no longer on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, I wondered if, if that was meant to be some kind of thematic link no longer on fire. You know, the race, the speeding away is over. It's like, ah, this big, ah, exciting thing is, ah, that's over now.
1: Especially considering what Pearl does after she gets out of the car at the moment. Yeah. She kind of quits.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I, I really wanted to see your crawl. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. I, I think... I I didn't catch that the first time through. Yep.
0: I think, like, it's, it's like a funny line, but I think it is meant to represent that Pearl took the sentence literally and misunderstood it as... My Kroll, she legitimately thought was the name of, like, the band they were yeah. going to see. I like, it's, it, they're going to see or, something that, like, yeah, Stephen's like,
1: this is my crawl.
0: Yeah. Because, oh, I'd like to see your crawl. Yeah. I did look out for it this time. She doesn't say the phrase crawl. Uh, uh, before this in the episode. Right, yeah. So she doesn't do anything to contradict to this being a legitimate misunderstanding. Yeah. <laughs> um... Paul is frustrated. She finally got felt ready to to you know party and drink and rock out to music and, yeah, you know, she put on all these clothes and things and uh it's not punk at all. And Amethyst points out that she did gun it from the cops chasing a hot queer woman to <laughs> punk music. That's pretty. <laughs> that is pretty badass. Yeah, and I like that
1: Amethyst does support her here.
0: Yeah, she does back her up and go, look, you are, like, cool, you are rebellious. You did do something cool. And I think it's
2: another instance of Pearl showing her insecurity in that she's like, I really wanted you guys to think I was cool and that I wasn't just lame and stays at home doing puzzles. Mm -hmm. I think
0: also part of it is she wanted to be seen as cool because she really liked the cool punk chick and it's like, oh, no, if I can't be cool for you lot, then how will I be cool for punk mystery girl? Yeah. I did like... I loved her line, I've been a criminal for 6,000 years. I'm Mm. like... I kind of love that, like, rebellion is part of Pearl's... The way she sees her own identity. Yeah. I love that considering how... It's not a thing you would expect, but it makes perfect sense from someone who rebelled against her own society and fought off an invasion. Yeah. That rebellion would be kind of an important identity aspect.
1: It makes sense. Mm. Because when we think of Pearl, we often think of her in comparison to the other characters. And she is the responsible one. Yeah. The calm one. And you don't really think of her as like... As rebelling against the establishment and taking
0: down government. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah, we, we mentioned that Mike Kroll looks uncannily human. You know, they make <laughs> it to the show, it's all good.
2: I just want to mention before that, Stephen says something that always makes me laugh. That's the most scared I've been since you almost let me die.
1: <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah,
0: and yeah, th- they do almost let him die sometimes.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about that line. Now, The, the bit that I thought about was um, the Do It For Her episode. Like when Stephen's jumping across the things and nearly mm. dies and Pearl kind of doesn't make an effort yeah. to save him. But then it's like, well, they, he's almost died a lot. Yeah, yeah my it's...
0: thought was, I don't know which time you're referring to yeah. and that says a lot. Mm.
2: Like there's also the one where Garnet and Pearl have been uh, uh, fighting at the time or they're like angry at each other and they're so involved in that, Amethyst has oh, to yeah, save him. Yeah. So it's like, there is a lot of times when Stephen has nearly... Being left to die, basically. There are a basically. Lot of, um, dark
1: timelines that spread off from these events. Which yeah. Even just got crushed.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of um, infinite Stephen. Mm-hmm. Steven's a big fat meanie offshoot timelines <laughs> in which he's dead. Yep. Um, we only see the timeline where he survives the longest. Yes, yeah. we have established this. <laughs> Uh, start smaller, talk to a nerd
1: Yeah, Amethyst is kind of like Wait, no, this is this is the yeah. two above you You it's, can't handle at, this At yet. the
0: beginning of the episode, Amethyst is like egging Pearl On to talk to Mystery Girl Because I think because she thinks it'll be funny
1: Yeah, I think by um, this point Amethyst actually cares about Pearl and doesn't, She's, doesn't she's realised this
0: is important And it's like, oh, you finally Are feeling ready to move on yeah. I don't want you to mess this up Maybe yeah. you take your time with it
2: mm-hmm. I also like that that suggest that amethyst understands that there are social hierarchies like talk to a nerd they're easier
0: you won't get embarrassed and it ruin everything it doesn't surprise me that she knows about social hierarchies because she came from homeworld a society built entirely around social hierarchies she
2: never came from homeworld she came from okay well she was under
0: the rule of homeworld she knew about homeworld's you know hierarchy structure
1: i just took it as she watches a lot of tv that's, that's what I took one. it real, as. Like I see, Amethyst as someone who watches a lot of TV. Has probably been to a lot of parties with Greg, like in the past.
0: Mm-hmm. I imagine during like the little butler days, they went to <laughs> parties and stuff together. I, I, know, I can really time. picture them going like partying together. Yeah. Oh, that's a very nice image. Yeah. Um, so. Telling you they were banging.
1: I, I don't think they were banging.
0: Pearl goes in for a handshake. um, Unconventional technique. Mystery Girl likes it. They have a bit of a joke. um, And Pearl walks away upset. She thinks it went badly because, uh, you know, it was going so well. And then she gave me this code and left. Uh, It was a phone number. Yay! She got a phone number from a woman because she's, you know, punk
2: rock Pearl. The last thing I have written in my notes is Pearl's pulled. Tell
0: has pulled
1: what I like though is that when she goes over to a mystery girl, she doesn't try to be anyone else but herself. yeah at that point mm. she's not trying to put an act on anymore like I I think I think it's her. good
0: that she had that moment of like taking off the leather jacket and everything and being like, oh this was worthless mm. because it set her up to just try and do this like her way yeah it's uh, the theme with <laughs> the whole show is be yourself,
2: yeah, yeah,
0: Why don't will you go let yourself better? just
2: be whoever you are yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, Anything else we want to say on this one? Or do we want to move on to the next episode? Onion Gang. I am ready for some Onion Gangs. (laughs) Mine's just that I would date Mystery Girl. I would date Mystery Girl. Would you date Mystery Girl? Uh, Yes, she's not bad. It's fine. We'll all date Mystery Girl. We'll just like, it'll it'll be fine. We'll get like a raw turn. We'll figure it out. Yeah, no,
2: you go for more cutesy
0: yeah than Okay. Forget Mia. Just, just me and retta <laughs> Yeah. Little, little, little bye, yeah, bye. Okay. How about this? Three days each, and then like alternating weeks, we get the the other day. Yeah. There why not? There we go. <laughs> we have a custody okay. uh,
2: plan in place for Mystery. <laughs> oh no, Do we have to
0: do
1: we have to share with Pearl as well? Uh, uh. You should just off fuse together and then <gasps> to we'll about it.
2: Yay!
0: Sorted. <laughs> uh, episode one hundred and ten. Onion gang. Steven and Onion play via Steven narrating Onion's actions. It's a form of play that's based around a way to find to make something fun out of non-verbal interaction.
1: Mhm. Yeah. Uh, he's he does it in a way where he clearly sees he's kind of looking down on Onion, I think.
0: I never saw that for this initial scene. I think mm-hmm. that for me, in this episode, like, there's a lot of things he says at the beginning of this that do feel like him talking down to Onion or looking down on Onion. Mm. I never saw this form of play as as him looking down. I thought this was just <clears throat> a nice way that they'd found to interact with each okay. other.
2: I got that. It's Stephen's way of trying to find a way to have fun with Onion.
0: But this being said, I don't know how much of this is, like... I'm actively fighting, like, reading that into it because there's a point... Like, I know that stuff later in the episode makes me have this reading and I'm trying to look at this in isolation and be like, did I feel that way in isolation about this?
1: The reason I came up with that reading is because I see this scene as an extension of the Onion bedroom episode mm. where at the end it's kind of like, oh, Onion, you can come around our house sometime. And Steven's like, yeah, great. So I saw this as Stephen being like, okay, here we go. But I
2: saw this as being a natural development of their
1: friendship and now they actually want to hang out. I think they have, mm. but I think Steven hasn't realized that yet.
0: Yeah. I here's the thing. I feel like there was some off screen time of them together between that we didn't see that built Mm -hmm. to this point. Mm -hmm. I think that this I think the method of play here is innocent. I will say that very quickly I I end up agreeing with you very quickly into this episode of the the points where it looks like he's looking down on Onion. But mm. we'll we'll get to those in a second. Uh, we have... the Stephen has some fun lines here, things like, you know, no snack could satisfy his hunger for power. Like, I like this sort of, like, very building up the best version of Onion fiction that he has going. It's a
1: very kind of playful and wholesome version.
0: Yeah. Um, the, the title of this game is apparently Onion Tales. Which oh, Yeah, yeah it's kinda, kinda cute.
1: Cool. I, I quite the, it brings an element of like make believe to it.
0: Yeah, it's quite sweet. Um so yeah, the as soon as Onion leaves and then comes back, this is the point where I start being like, Oh, he's pity friending Onion. Yeah. Um, at least partly, is um Onion needed to take his shoes off, but he didn't know how. That line to me read like, not that Onion doesn't know how to take his shoes off. But that this is a piece of fiction that Stephen created based around Onion is nonverbal. Yeah,
1: I, I got two things from that. One, like you said, I took it to be Stephen is kind of putting his own spin on the truth. Because that's clearly yeah. not what's happening. It- I also <clears throat> took it to be an amusing kind of out of continuity to nod to the fact that Onion has very confusing footwear. Like it's part yes. of his pants. He's wearing, like, pant shoes. It
0: could be he didn't know how, because physically, how do you remove those? those part that's also your how trousers. to, yeah. I never like, thought of that, but that's a very good point. Um, but yeah, no, there's a lot of stuff around, like, st- him leaving the first time and coming back, where Steven seems to assume that Onion is friendless because he's nonverbal, um, and it almost puts this in the context of you are the pity friend. I am friends with you because you have no friends and you're nonverbal. I didn't see it.
1: Because he was non-verbal. I always thought it was because onion is very odd, as we've seen. Mm. But like by Steven's standards, Onion does you know, he tries to break into the arcade, he kinda has it's, the It steals his chops and doesn't even
0: eat them. It's one problem I have with Onion at times in this show, is that this episode in particular for a while really does conflate being non-verbal with being weird and strange yeah. and not and abnormal in a way that should be concerning. Mm-hmm. Um, like they, are, the behaviors you see from the Onion Gang in this episode are things that are never, we never see them in the show for any characters who are verbal. No. And I think that there is something significant to be said there. That like. But we also don't see any other young
2: children. Ah, uh, we see Connie.
0: We see uh, Connie Stevens'
2: we, age though, and so is Petey. They're okay, well, they all around the same age. I think Onion is the youngest that we have. That's a fair
1: point, but, yeah, but I see what you're saying as well, Laura. Like, yeah, like, I see
2: a, both sides of it. Yeah. I,
1: they, they do things that, yeah, like, Stephen is, is like, frightened. It's, and like it's horrified. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I feel like that's part of why I sometimes refer here to Stephen pitying the non-verbal character, because a lot of these traits are sort of... By Steven Universe, they're lumped in. The weirdness is lumped in with the nonverbalness in the way that it characterises this group of people. Yeah.
1: I'd, I'd like to think that's an unintentional, kind of yeah, unfortunate... Yeah, I, I agree, illusion, but, but... I agree, it doesn't make it any less problematic.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a thing that's weird to deal with. But, um, yeah, now my other question, like, with the whole uh, didn't know how to take his shoes off thing, I put a note that just said... Is Stephen assuming little of Onion's... Like, that Onion has little in the way of abilities because he's nonverbal and he associates that with not being able to do things? Um,
1: That's... I, like I said, I took it more to be him putting his own spin on what Onion's thinking Yeah, like, and, and animation <clears throat> decision.
2: <laughs> I also think that it is Steven's unique way of trying to communicate with Onion because he knows yeah. that if he's incorrect there, because I think he was trying It'll, to make a joke with it as well. Yeah. But Onion shakes shake his, his head. head. No,
0: if that's wrong.
2: Yeah, because he does that a few times. Steven says yeah. something and he shakes his the, head and he's sure. like, is it this?
0: The, yeah. The first time I watched this episode I tried to think the best of Stephen through a lot of this, but the whole scene we get to at the end, where it's flipped around and we have the realisation, <laughs> oh, Steven's the kid with no friends his own yeah, age, yeah. puts a lot of this into more dubious context for me yeah
2: yeah it's suddenly like oh wait i'm the pity friend not you when did this happen yeah as soon
0: as you realize later in this episode that steven steven assumes that onion's pity friending him and then it's like oh you probably jumped to that conclusion because that's what you were doing that's where a lot of my reading of this early part comes from is from you know knowing where the episode ends up i guess it is difficult to talk about this bit without Bringing in the context of the Yeah, it's fine. We'll jump out, we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll come back to this discussion in sure. a bit more depth when we get to the end, I guess, then. So, Onion drags off Stephen to go meet his friends.
2: When they are running through, they run past Onion's house, and Vidalia is painting a sexy yellowtail picture yeah. where he is only in his underwear and they are outside. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, they are a very liberated family. Yeah,
2: oh. I was just kind of like, oh, okay, their <laughs> art.
0: We know that she's an artist, so I, I like can use that. Yeah, it, that
2: yeah. it just movie. makes me laugh that he's is in his underwear, yeah. posing sexually yeah. in the front garden. Mm-hmm. So, we meet.
0: Uh, we meet Onion's non-verbal friends. One thing I like about the scene, um,
1: Stephen clearly thinks that they're a threat at first, and Stephen says they
0: do leap out at him in masks, yeah. shouting. But
1: Stephen says, Onion, run. And yeah, I like that yeah, I it Onion. shows that he doesn't think Onion has led him into a trap. He yeah. thinks that, like, oh, these things have just run out and they've attacked us. And it shows that even in that situation, he still cares about Onion. Yeah, exactly. He still wants
0: Onion to get away and be safe. Yeah, that is nice. Uh, so the friends we meet are Garbonzo, Pinto, Squash and Soup. Mm-hmm. Uh, do any of you have any particular just overarching thoughts about any of these four characters?
2: They're all... Non-verbal, including onion, and all named after
0: foods. Uh, Garbanzo is essentially non-verbal. He does say his own name.
1: He's the only other character, other than Stephen, that speaks in this
0: whole episode. Holy that's a, shit. That's a really good point. Yeah. I was
1: thinking about... It, it is right a Stephen
0: monologue with yeah. the word
1: Garbanzo. Stephen talks a lot in this episode. It's because mm. nobody else talks apart from Garbanzo. Wow, and that's a
0: really clever episode. We didn't even notice. Yeah. It's a really good testament to not only the writing, but to, I guess the way that Stephen had found to communicate effectively with Onion that we don't realise it's not a dialogue. Yeah,
1: like, the closest we get is that, like, Onion makes noises
0: during uh, the He makes the ra- the noises that are very clearly ready, steady, uh, ready, get, set, go. Yeah, do. but there's no <laughs> actual <laughs> dialogue. <laughs> um, so they make a car that somehow is made of wood but drives up a hill, garbanzos in a fake ketchup car crash. Stephen seems to take it seriously, even though he watches Garbonzo put the ketchup on his face.
2: I think it's because Stephen doesn't appreciate death as a joke, because it is very serious for him. Like, he has come close to nearly dying, he's seen gems I
0: had a different read on it. Mm. My read was that he doesn't have friends his own age, and he's not done imaginative pretend play in this sense. I like both readings. I think (laughs) I like your reading as well. I think they're both have merit uh pinto basically does like the defibrillator (laughs) motion um you know pinto has healing powers i have a question here steven shouted about how he needed to go get a medical professional and was very shocked about pinto's healing powers did Steven forget he's a medical professional. He has literal yeah, healing magic. I was thinking the same. Yeah. Why did he go to like run get an ambulance when he could just heal him?
2: I think it's probably just leftover from um his gem powers being unpredictable.
0: I think the writers forgot.
2: <laughs> Either that or this was written to be earlier on in
0: the program. I, I feel like the writers forgot for it. this might be a plot hole.
1: Maybe. I mean, the other thing you could say is that he, he was just panicking.
0: Yeah, he, he, he forgot about the basics because yeah. he was panicking. he did say in
1: the episode, like he has floating power that he forgets to use most of the time. That's yeah. a
0: really good point. Uh, the kids all go on each other's shoulders in a trench coat. Not it. Not to sneak into a film or vote or pay taxes. But to flash people. Uh, yeah, to yeah. reveal that they are kids and to take a th- shocked flasher photo yeah like
1: it's a clear allusion to people being... well
0: they are flashing
2: because a flash comes out of their yeah. trans when they take the picture
1: this is a kids cartoon
0: it's an yeah. innocent equivalent in that, that it's just ah you didn't know we were kids photo yeah but it's also because of like what adults
2: will relate it to it is another depiction of them doing something that is not necessarily socially acceptable
1: that's a good point. Yeah,
2: and it's like oh, because flashes are obviously they're seen as like weirdos. Yeah. Like oh god, it's I got flashed. Like that guy needs arresting mm. or whatever. And they are associating that with the nonverbal kids. That's because that, Stephen is uncomfortable that they do that. Yeah,
0: I I do have one other thought on this, which is this is a nice a parallel to draw with the episode with uh, Kevin and the 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 beach city racing, in that. This shows you how adults are supposed to react when they suddenly realize that an adult is a bunch of kids. Oh, yeah. And, like, you are meant to be shocked and, like, not comfortable with that situation. You are not meant to still hit on them.
1: Yeah. Suitcase Sam is very shocked. Yeah. He's yeah. not comfortable.
0: Hello, it is me, your favorite customer, <laughs> Vincent Adultman. Uh, if any of you have watched Bojack Horseman, this adults in a trench coat routine reminded me of um I think I think the character's name in Bojack Horseman is Vincent Adultman. And it is very clearly three children in a trench coat that one adult in the show just isn't aware is three children in a trench coat. Like he he talks about his job like, oh, I went to the stock market and I did a, did a business. <laughs> That's uh, amazing. I've seen she's... references to that. I've not yes. actually seen it. Uh, I kept thinking of Vincent sentences. Adultman. <laughs> I've been
2: in the living room before when I've been passing through and it's been on. I like think someone's had it on before and I've walked through and kind of gone, What the hell's going on? Yeah. So yeah, I have seen it and you're I do aware know who you're referring to, man. yeah.
1: I like when we see the photos of the other people that have been flashed. I, again, it's just like yeah, hey kids. Yeah.
2: Well, she'll <laughs> have had future vision. She'll have known exactly yeah, what exactly. was going on.
1: I would think as well, she's quite observant. I don't think she would see these people coming but like that's a very wobbly yeah. adult
2: in a trench coat. Yeah. I also like sour cream. They did it to sour yeah, cream. Bored. But if you look, Onion would have been on the top because without Stephen, Onion is the topmost yeah. one. So I love seeing Onion in a trench
0: coat and going, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, so at this point, we get the bug race. Um, as you pointed out, at some point, Onion clearly does say on your marks, get set, go. <laughs> 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 Ah. yeah so he can speak in yellow tails language yeah which again there's still debate about that like i'd love to see a formal response like if there's one question i'd love to see answered it is what's the deal with is this yeah. meant to be a foreign language or something else i'm
1: fairly convinced at this point that at the very least it's a language mm. that you can have a conversation in yeah but i don't know what the origins of
0: it are. It's it's an interesting question for sure um so Stevens' bug wins the race, and he's told to crush the bug, and he won't. Bugs may be weird, but I don't want to hurt one. Yeah. I feel like this is him talking <laughs> about Onion at the beginning of the episode. You may be weird, but I don't want you to get hurt. Yeah, I took that And that's
2: one. also Onion run. Yeah, that's, that's what I You might be a
0: weirdo, but exactly, I don't that's want what you I'm referring to hurt anyone. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm leading back to, is... Just because you're weird doesn't mean I want to see you get hurt. Yeah.
1: I do like that Stephen doesn't crush the book. Yeah. There, like, there was a moment when I was like, oh, is he going to do it and regret it? Is it, or... it going to be
0: peer pressure?
2: Is he going to do it and bring it back to life? Yeah. Pink
0: bugs. <laughs> He's very quick to flee from Onion and his friends. He doesn't stop to have a conversation no. about, like, why did you try and make me do that? Because they're a bunch of nonverbal kids and he he doesn't. Having a two-sided conversation is just not something that comes to mind for him here, because his interactions with Onion are relatively verbally one-sided.
1: It seems to be the moment where everything becomes too
0: much. Yeah. He's kind of, okay, I'm out. Yep, abandoning my pity friendship, oh no. Um, At this point he realises Connie is busy prepping for school, Petey is busy at work, he doesn't have anyone else his own age (sighs) in his phone book, Steven's actually actually the isolated lonely boy with no kid with no friends his age. I put with no kids his age. <laughs> with no friends his age. He fears that maybe Onion was pity befriending him. This is where I start to go, yep, my earliest suspicions were right. Stephen was pity friending Onion, which is why he's so quick to jump to Onion's pity friending me. Because yeah. he feels like that's a thing that people do.
1: Yeah, because it's like the bedroom episode, even, like, before the ending. He only han- hangs out with Onion because he wants Amethyst to have a nice time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's just kind of, like, killing so, time, keeping Onion busy.
0: I had a thought about this, like, literally just now this came to me. We've talked before about how most of the characters in this show have an episode where they do something that is, like, ooh, <laughs> you did something not good here. I wonder if this may be Stevens. The episode yeah. that starts with him pity-friending someone. And, and then like,
2: being like, oh, it feels terrible if
0: someone's pity-friending yeah, you. Yeah, he, he does something wrong and has to feel the consequence of like, oh, it feels really bad when you're on the other side yeah. of this.
1: I feel like it's not as strong as it should be. No. Mm.
0: It's it's subtext for sure that we had to draw our own parallels yeah. to. The show doesn't directly line it out, lay it out for kids to make this connection.
1: Yeah, I think the problem is there's no moment where Stephen kind of apologises for that. Like, I mean, we, we get a resolution at the end, which is nice, and it's, it's a new situation. Yeah. But it's not like he actively says to Onion, sorry, I wasn't being a good friend
0: here. Yeah. So Onion didn't crush the bug. Onion's friends are leaving now that the summer's over. Onion wanted all of his friends in one place. Um, I also like that Stephen puts the bug back in the house. Yeah.
2: yeah like he's like down, yeah. yeah he's like oh wait one second and he goes and gently puts it down in the house before he then goes back out with onion I noticed it was Stephen then Stephen goes Steven. out with Stephen Stephen and
0: the Stevens Stephen the, the Stevens we're gonna put a bug back in the house <laughs> um so I'm just pulling up a transcript quickly so I forgot to pull my transcripts up before we started this week set sure. so to switch laptops oh
2: there
0: you are. um <laughs> of Stevens sort of um is this one not called? Oh no, this is Onion Gang. I looked up Onion Friend. No, one, <laughs> different onions. See Onion. that,
2: even the title's kind of a negative
0: thing there. Gang. Yeah, it's, it's like Onion's Oni- Gang.
1: Yeah, no, like Onion and Friends. So. Yeah.
0: Onion and Pals. <laughs> I uh, would watch that show, Onion and Friends. Hmm. I'm now thinking of the Garfield and Friends theme tune. <laughs> uh, yeah. I wanted to pull up Stephen's um. Yeah, the thing sort of know, goodbye know. thing he does at the end. So um. Are we ready? Is it, are we yeah, ready? I think I've got it here. Onion felt really sad about his summer friends leaving, but then he started to feel a little better. He remembered all the great times he had with his friends, and all the cool stuff they did together, and until next summer, he had his pal Stephen to hang out with, if he wanted to. I think that's really nice, because A, it puts the emphasis on I acknowledge that the this other friendship set of friendships you have is really important, and that, like, this is your big group of friends. I am another friend, but not, you know, that good group of friends you have. Mm. I'm here to help you get through until they come back next year. You know, if that's something you want. He's putting the doorway open to the friendship on, on like, whether Onion wants it. He's highlighting the importance of his other friend group. And acknowledging Onion's feelings that Onion never said a word out loud. Stephen has picked up on how yeah. Onion is feeling and worked out how to help him feel better.
1: I think we can see from Onion's reaction that he clearly is correct. Yeah, is yeah.
2: Because Onion cries. Yeah,
1: I like this bit because, like I was saying, it's kind of like a new resolution on the premise of the episode. And at the end, Stephen's like, "Oh, we are friends.
0: We're on this. You know, we're on the same level. There's not pitying going on mm. yeah. They both realise that they both kind of need each other. Yeah. And I think it's nice, because it just sort of... They both definitely started off on very weird, uneven footing mm-hmm. as friends, but they've, they've worked it out. Yeah, it changes and the dynamic. They, they have a very nicely, organically shown growing on screen, just a nice, nice friendship. Mm-hmm. I like them. They're good. Yeah. They mm-hmm. can be friends. Yeah, I approve. The end. So... Anything else on that one before we move on? Just
2: one thing. Steven, after they try and make him squash the bug,
0: says, no more weirdo friends. Yeah. It plays into the whole non-verbal mm-hmm. equals weird. Th-
2: there it- are multiple <laughs> things when it's like, oh, what they're doing is weird and not, ex- not socially acceptable. Well, What's going his- on?
0: I think some of it can be pulled back to the Roadrunner sort of episode in that just because someone can't tell you why they're doing what they're doing doesn't mean they don't have reasons. Yeah. And it's something that Stephen was all too quick to extol like the virtues of to paradox when it didn't involve him. When it's very directly, you know, involving him, he seems to somewhat forget that that idea of just because you can't understand why someone's doing something doesn't mean there's not a reason. Yeah, I think I think it's a it's an unfortunate effect with them all right. being non-verbal, but
1: I feel like they made that decision not because they want, wanted them all to be nonverbal, verbal but more because due to the nature of the episode they can't really have any of the group explain what's going on. Hmm. Stephen has to well, have that moment where he's... They,
0: they kind of can in that I think that's what Onion bringing the bug back to Stephen not crushed is, is it's the this character is non-verbal, or at least not talking in a way that Stephen can understand, but has, through actions, communicated intent and... That's that's what I mean. Though. The ability I, to be reasoned with, and I, reminded Stephen, like, hey, I can understand when you're distressed, and I can, you know, change my behaviour as a result. Just because I'm not verbal doesn't mean I don't understand yeah, what's I'm, going on. Yeah, I know, that's, that's
1: kind of what I mean. But, I, I mean, like, when... Um, for instance, it looks like Garbanzo's died and they're all playing along the, the game. It's not like anyone there... It's not like Steven can ask everyone, oh, what's going on?
0: But again, there's, there's no Onion that- nudges him and winks and tries to give him non-verbal cues yeah. of, hey, I, play along. I get it. I just, like, from a writing point of
1: view, I understand why they didn't add another oh, speaking no, character to I the I agree.
0: Group. I totally get why, why they didn't. But also, I think it's really interesting that, like, we didn't really talk about it, but... Every time something like that happens, Onion does try to go out of his way to non-verbally yeah, yeah, yeah. explain that things are okay, <laughs> I which agree. yeah. It's just yeah, sorry. I am
1: trying to it's it's just yeah, because I'm trying to think of it from like a writing point of view, and I'm just thinking I don't think they, made, I don't know, like I don't think they wanted them all to be non-verbal. I think it was more that there were problems in the writing that could arise if they had another character that was speaking. So I, therefore they were like, well if they're all non verbal then we can easily look it followers.
0: differently. I thought it was that they wanted th- it to be clear that this is a group of friends that Onion I like has something very in common, common with. Yeah, um I could see that. Too and again I kind of Part of my wondering about this episode is if we treat Onion and and friends as being non being nonverbal as, say, an allegory to a, you know, mental health condition or learning disability Mm -hmm. that affects verbal ability if we Mm -hmm. look at it that way it's not necessarily out of place to imagine someone with a mental health condition finding other people who understand what life is like for them and building a group of friends out of that group of people Mm -hmm. we see it with like when like gay and trans people have a lot of gay and trans friends because like it's sometimes nice to be friends with a group of people who share a life perspective. Mm. And that was my read on why Onion has a group of nonverbal friends, is yeah. it's a shared life experience I, thing yeah. that brought them together. I, I
1: definitely think that, like, that's what they're going for. But, yeah, <laughs> We've talked this point to death. I haven't read anything we want.
0: Uh, a little bit, but I, I think it was mm, worth doing. So, um, next up we have episode 111, and 112, Gem Harvest. Stephen visits Peridot and Lapis at the barn for a sleepover. I like that we can see a lot
1: of time has passed, because the barn looks notably different. There is a lot of meat mops around.
0: Meat mops. Meat morps. Uh Yeah, Lapis and Peridot have been running a functional farm. Lapis has been distributing the water, and Peridot's been running the tractor. Because Lapis is terraform. Lapis is terraform. They're very good at preparing the land for things. Uh, What's the use of feeling blue? I, I get indeed. <laughs> 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 uh, Peridot gets very sad that the corn isn't alive.
1: Yeah, paradox seemed to think that she was creating gems and uh, corn palm.
0: There is something that suggests
2: that... Peridot wants a baby because mm-hmm. she says she misses the pitter-patter of gem soldiers. There's a lot of
1: allusions here which are kind of weird and uncomfortable that seem to imply uh, that Lapis and Peridot are parents trying for a child and they're disappointed that Stephen has created a child. Yeah,
0: um, they're like, oh, why have you got a child and we, we can, don't? Yeah. I never got that. I was more um, focused on the line Peridot says when the corn isn't alive I made you in my image. You will do as I command. (laughs) Well, that line's obviously played for laughs, but... Yeah, but, like, she came from a hierarchical society where very much, like, oh, we made you, Gem. You must do as we say, hierarchical society. And she was made to work, like, the kindergarten. It it feels like she's not learned her lesson. She's repeating the things that were probably said in the kindergarten. Uh, it it feels a weird out-of-nowhere line, that one. Um... See, I know Lapis and Peridot are sad and lonely, and I put they want a pet.
1: I put Steven makes it as them, them a pumpkin baby. I, I definitely read it well, as
0: child. the whole I miss the pitter patter. Yeah, yeah. I was thrown by them saying fully grown gem soldiers, but gems don't aren't babies. They just mm-hmm. come out yeah. fully grown. Yeah. <sighs>
2: Yeah, you're right. Pitter patter is normally or yeah. I miss the pitter patter of little yeah, feet you're, you're around the house. Yeah, th- you're fine. I
0: completely just missed that.
1: I did big, on the it? first time watching. It's not even just that bit though. Afterwards, if you watch like the way that they talk and interact, and the yeah. way like Steven talks about creating something, it seemed really clear to me. So, that yeah. they were trying to say they want. We're
0: we're gonna go in like two very different tangents for the rest of the discussions of uh, <laughs> of this pumpkin because all of my notes refer to them as pumpkin dog. Oh, no. No, they're very
2: much a no, dog.
0: It okay. definitely, definitely takes over
1: as being a pet once it's actually, like, established as being there. But I d-
0: entirely see illusions to it being a child before I, that. I pet. suspect I've been blinded to it because I know they turn into a dog. Yeah.
2: <laughs> there's also congratulations on the new addition to
0: your family. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's a lot of little things that yeah. I like playfully
1: playing with the idea. That's,
0: that's all that very fair observations I'd never made. Um... Stephen licks a pumpkin seed. Um, it turns into pumpkin dog. Peridot says that Stephen clearly doesn't understand vegetables. Uh, you know, ah, I told you, you, yeah. you told us vegetables don't come to life. Well, yeah,
1: they're proud that this has happened on their work, but of course yes. it's not the...
0: Uh Pumpkin loves Stephen. Lapis gets depressed because this creature's only just been born and it already loves him rather than yeah. them. It isn't that it loves Stephen. Him,
2: it's that she says it already doesn't like us yeah, yeah. it's uh, not that it loves him
0: it's that they it doesn't like them is what they're thinking stephen has to go out of his way and be like sorry i made it that's why it came to me mm-hmm. it's not because it hates you i'm sorry i tried to help <laughs> um at which point we get a rather horrifying scene where stephen tries to carve a pumpkin for lapidot and and lapid lapidot <laughs> i guess lapidot lapis and peridot uh and in the process, like terrifies... as a word. Yeah, uh, terrifies Pumpkin Dog. The The music is unsettling and off-key as he scoops out the innards and carves a mouth with, like, the, the goo dripping down like it's blood. Yeah, because
1: clearly the, um, Pumpkin Dog does not understand what's going on.
0: Yeah, it's horrified. Pumpkin
1: Dog is minutes old. It has no context for what's going on.
0: Yep, and it very quickly realises <laughs> I don't like Stephen. I like Lapis and Peridot, please.
2: Um... I was just thinking, in that kind of way, it's still the thing of when a gem is created they come out full grown. Like the dog emerges like a punk in the day after. Like it's it's immediate and it's fully grown.
1: That's a good point. It didn't slowly grow. It was yeah. immediate. Um Watermelon Stevens again.
0: Yeah. So it's nice to have a new member of the family. Hooray. As, as this is said about the pumpkin, down comes the plane, because ah, uh, it's nice to have a new member of the family, yeah, meaning two different things.: yeah, There he is. Um, I love some of the things that Andy says when he first turns up. Um, a hobo is a man's job. <laughs> He's very traditional. Is it traditional mm. to think that being a hobo is a man's well, job? He's, he's racist, sexist, yeah, he's steeped, anything-ist is what he yeah. He's in the idea of traditional stereotypes and not reality. Oh, you've got strange jewellery, you're hippies. I heard about you on the AM radio. Oh, yeah. Um. Oh, Greg, you're here. Time to help me fight off these yeah. hippies. Without saying it,
1: like he's the right-wing Fox News watching He is, film. but
0: he's he's not too right-wing. He's just like a little bit... He's almost playfully so. He's a bit like, ah, oh, what's going on? And very quickly, like, oh, okay, sorry. I was just a bit shocked.
2: Well, no, I it's kind understand. of the racist family member that you put up with at Christmas. Yeah, that's
0: how it
1: starts. He... It's the Thanksgiving episode. Yeah. And it's the annoying... He
0: adjusts pretty quickly. I well, think. I
1: think he only just quickly in the context of they need to get through... Episode. Yeah. Like, yeah, I didn't see him as someone who was like, ah, oh, it's fine, never mind. Like, yeah, he seems really. They did off. need
0: a double-length episode to get yeah. that development yeah.
1: done,
2: so that's fair. It's also the reason he seems to adjust is Stephen. Mm. Yeah, he that's doesn't become friendly things. with the gems. He becomes friendly
0: with Stephen. Yeah,
1: because we see what he's craving is family. Yeah, yeah. So when he learns he has new family, that's what changes things. So,
0: yeah, Andy is Greg's cousin. And, you know, that would make him first cousin, once removed, or whatever. No, he's Uncle Andy. Um, or second cousin, it depends yeah. how you categorise it. I... Andy has interesting language for a kid's show. Oh, hey, Greg, you little turd. <laughs> yep. That's... Mm, mm, that's interesting. Yeah. It just It's a word choice that stood out to me in this script. Yeah, I, I agree. Um... Oh, you had a you had a kid. Which one of these girls is the lucky wife? Um, Andy does correctly guess that Greg's into big ladies. <laughs> yup. Maybe he's always had a type. Yeah, he's always been into the the big ladies, and uh, Greg very quickly brings him down to earth with uh, roses uh, passed away.
2: One thing that I dislike about the um, big ladies thing is that. He's mm. scared of offending her by suggesting that she is fat.
0: Yes. He and very quickly corrects and goes, no, 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 I just meant that you're tall. Yeah, and
2: that's, that's suggesting, oh, no, I would never suggest that you are fat. That which is, an is offensive Which thing. is
0: interesting, because Garnet is, like, very muscularly built. Yeah. But he never met Rose, and Rose is definitely a plus-size lady. Yeah. Like, it's one of the things that's really nice about her character is she is portrayed, she's always portrayed as beautiful. All of the things exactly. that usually use to code beauty are coded onto Rose while she's a larger lady. And it's like, it doesn't detract from the fact that she's beautiful. She can be both fat and beautiful.
2: Exactly. And, and that's why it kind of bugs me, because it's all the other kind of representations that they have had of bigger people. Like, Sadie's a, a bigger character. Yeah. Like, she's not this stick person. And she's still... Like, she's Sadie, she's lovely and amazing.
1: That's why I think this line does make sense, though, because he's an asshole.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Like, it's not the show sure telling us that yeah. things have changed. It's he, him he's being the character an that we've already seen be a racist, uh, hippiest arsehole. Yeah, everything
1: they're doing in the start of this episode is to try and make us not like him. Yeah. It's to show we're, us how different yeah, he is. Yeah, it's from to be like, yeah, go,
0: we're all meant to be rooting for, yeah, go away right now, yeah, so that when exactly. he does leave, it's a stark contrast because we then don't want him exactly. to. Um, the barn is uh, owned by the Jameo family. Andy DeMeo, Greg DeMeo, Stephen DeMeo. Welcome to the Crystal Clodcast, your number one Stephen DeMeo discussion podcast. Well. I, I know, I know. <laughs> it's, this is an interesting thing. So the the short version here is, uh, Stephen says, you're telling me universe isn't a real last name. After which I've put in brackets, deed poll is a real and respected thing. Yep. Not in America... Uh, no, but, like, you can legally change your yeah, name in America. Yeah, you don't use deed poll. No. But that's oh, thing. I, that's, Greg, Greg's... I know deed poll because I'm in the UK. That's yeah. the thing we use. Um, that's why I was
1: just establishing for people listening. Yes. Um, but, yeah, because Greg says he changed it legally. So yeah. Stephen's name is Universe. Yes.
0: His name has never been Stephen DiMeo because before he was born, Greg changed his surname legally to Universe. Stephen is Stephen Universe. Mm-hmm. That being said, it is amusing to think of would a show called Stephen DeMeo have done as well probably not no would people not have watched the adventures of Stephen DeMeo Stephen
1: DeMeo sounds like someone who could just like work in an office
2: it's also a little callback to uh, Connie's parents saying I swear that's not a real name yeah yeah <coughs>
0: oh, sorry yeah oh had a bit of a cough there I need to go get some water in a second. Um, I love that Stephen says DeMeo is a way cooler name than plain old Universe.
2: Yeah, it's just like, are you kidding me, Stephen?
0: It's it's a grass is greener thing, isn't it? Growing
1: up with that name, it's mundane to him. So to him, the other idea seems cooler. I
2: want Universe as the last name. That's so cool.
1: You could have it as a last name if you want.
0: Go get a deed poll done. You could be Loretta Universe. Like that guy in my um, dissertation
1: preparation class, Optimus Prime. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Is that their full name? Was that their full name? I've just told
1: the story before. No, I didn't
0: know you (laughs) knew an
1: Optimus Prime. (laughs) I
2: did, because I remember the first day you got back and you were like, yeah, I met Optimus Prime. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah,
1: there was a guy in my dissertation preparation class called Optimus Prime. His legal name was Optimus Prime.
0: That's a beautiful thing to do, but also, like, I good luck getting job things. That's the wonderful thing about deed
1: polls, though. It's incredibly easy to change your name over here. Like, I remember talking to... Someone who lives in... I can't remember. Um, <laughs> so specific. It was like Sweden, I think. And mm. I was like, oh yeah, this is how I changed my name. And they were like, wait, what? Like, yeah. is that easy?
0: Well, you do over here, like, you have to kind of back it up by also then getting, like, somewhere that does legally recognised ID to accept your deed poll so that... Because, like, a deed poll should be acceptable everywhere, but also, like... Until you get somewhere to produce ID with that name on, it can be iffy getting well, places to respect be- it.
1: You say that, but, like, you shouldn't... That's generally down because people don't understand what details
0: yeah. are. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that it should be that way or that it's that way within the law, but in practice... Because UK
1: law is weird in that, like... No one has, like, a legal name. No. It doesn't exist um, over here. If
0: uh, if it's the name that you are commonly called by most people around you and people would say, yep, that's what most people call them, then that is legally recognised yeah, as your you're name. You're allowed to use it. America yeah, is very you, different. You don't even have to have a deed poll, technically. Like, if most people... If you can find, like, enough witnesses who will agree, yep, that's the name they commonly yeah, use... It, yeah then that's your name. A deed
1: poll is essentially just something to make it It's easier. a
0: piece of paper that says a few people in your life can corroborate <laughs> mm-hmm. this. Um, gems are illegal aliens and Andy is not happy about this. Um, I just want to point out really quick that it's
2: deed poll because for years I thought it was called depol
1: Yes. I because of my
2: terrible accent because my mom always just goes oh well you can always change it by depol and I was like Okay, and then when yeah. I first heard Mia say Deed Paul, I was just like, is that the same as a Deed Yeah, like 20, <laughs> like 20
1: years or so, you thought it was... Uh,
0: yeah, embarrassing but true. <laughs> um, Andy misses mm-hmm. having Thanksgiving at the barn because that's where he used to catch up with family. Steven suggests that they all do Thanksgiving at the barn with the gems to prove that they're family, and if they're family, then they can stay. You say that,
1: they never actually say Thanksgiving in this episode. No, they okay. don't. It's clearly it's, Thanksgiving. It's, I
2: put. Well, they, okay. they made a point of pointing out that it was no longer summer and it was now fall. Like it, this is the thing I kind of
1: want to get. Like, yeah. this is clearly intended to be a Thanksgiving episode, but I'm wondering, does Thanksgiving exist in the World of Steven Universe? Because this,
0: no one ever mentions this is Thanksgiving. Uh, they they acknowledge Detroit existing, which means this is real world America.
1: No, I'm I'm not saying. Well, yeah, well, Empire City exists, and that's not real. Yeah, but. One is we don't, we don't, like, there's a hole in the world where like, Russia's okay. supposed to be. Well, I just, because, um, okay. He also says, like, some sort of, uh, holiday where you give out candy, like Halloween. I think that's
0: just Halloween. he's out of touch and, like, hasn't been around family to know Halloween. Maybe. I, I feel like while they don't say it explicitly, I think this is Thanksgiving. It is in an America that has Detroit. Summer becomes autumn, and it's a festival where they all get together to have a big meal involving pumpkins. I took
1: it as being an amusing allusion to Thanksgiving, but not meant to literally be Thanksgiving. It okay, is
0: well, I'm going to call it Thanksgiving, and you can't stop me. <laughs> um, it's no canon, it's not the episode. <laughs> um, I love that Pearl gets protective of Greg when Andy shows up. Yeah, that uh, is amusing. She refers to him as our Greg, as opposed to Andy, the other Greg. Um, being clearly the superior one. It's the one time she's on Greg's side is when like, worse, sucky, nasty Greg shows up. That's what
1: makes it more amusing.
0: evil Greg is here, therefore (laughs) we like our Greg now. Yeah,
1: like the one character that's the least pro-Greg is now pro-Greg.
0: Yeah. So uh, they get ready for the festival. Garnet knocks the plants into the air. Lapis catches them in her thing. Amethyst plays with the dog. I love that Amethyst also turns
2: into a pumpkin dog. Like, she doesn't (laughs) turn into a regular dog to play with pumpkin dogs, she turns into a pumpkin dog as well. Amethyst. Amethyst.
0: Why did I say amethyst? I put A N Y, which I assumed was meant to be A M Y for amethyst, but it's uh, A N Y missing the letter D. It was meant to be Andy. (laughs) Hooray, decoding <laughs> my own notes. Andy wants meat. He's grumbly that there's no meat. Oh, you hippie vegeta- vegetarians. Okay.
1: Red-blooded.
0: Yes. Um, It's okay. Oh, we can have a bunch of vegetables. Don't let him get to you, Stephen. I'll get you a stick of pepperoni for your birthday. <laughs> this is like... He's clearly not in touch with kids. I took
1: this... It's, it's the... Um relative that doesn't agree with the way they're being raised and they're kind of like no i'll get you this to make up for the way you're being raised yeah that's how i read it
2: i've had relatives who have like been really bitchy about me when i used to be vegetarian and they kind of like, oh, you just need to get some meat in you. And I know that sounds really perverse, but they didn't mean it that way. Yeah. But either way, it's just kind of like, yeah, but that's my lifestyle. Yeah, I, I, th- th- so I saw it I'll it get as the equivalent
1: of like the crappy uncle that's like, here's a football. You're not a very sporty kid, but you need yeah. to just like you should, should play sports more. It's those uh, hippie yeah. parents of yours that's like, <laughs> I man down.
0: Yeah. So the gems make an oven so that they can do dinner out of a plane engine. And he throws a stroppy tantrum about ownership. Nobody owns anything, so people take anything they want and he's not using it as mine.
1: Oh, I, th- I think the reason like, it hurts so much is it's a
0: memory that he had. It's, it's his parents' it, it was his parents. Yeah. I think it's an interesting clash between the Gem's approach and his approach because his is understandable. Is I wasn't using it, but he, it existed and it had sentimental value and I wanted it... I wanted to just know I could come back to it and it would be there. Whereas the gems approach is, it's clearly not being used, it has no utility, we can make something useful out of it. Why would we leave this unused thing that clearly wasn't wanted, wasting around doing nothing?
2: They don't seem to understand sentimentality, gems. Everything's about, well, that's illogical, why would you choose to do Mm. that? Also,
0: to be fair, this event making the oven isn't why they tore apart the plane. They tore the the plane apart initially to make a spaceship, then to make a giant-fighting robot, then to make into an oven. That's true. It's been several additional (laughs) things first. Um, Andy starts to warm up eventually. He has... I don't know if there's, like, a thing that makes him warm up to this, but he says, like, you know... It, it's it's uh, at least at least they're recycling it into something useful. He uh, seems like he's getting along with them better. Yeah. I can't trigger what uh, I can't pinpoint what happens that makes him have this change of heart. Mm. He just kind of seems to have it.
1: Yeah, it's kind of he like, has a bit where it's just kind of like oh I'll, let's just go with it, whatever.
0: I think he kind of resigns. It's kind of like well, what's done is done. I can't change it. Yeah. Kind of. Um, he has a bit of a speech about how. He talks about being in the plane being very lonely, but he also says, um, you know, there's not much down on the ground for me either. He makes it very clear that he is in need of company. He flies around a lot to not acknowledge the fact that he doesn't really have any family left where he left from on the ground, but also being up in the air doesn't help because he's lonely up there too. Everything's lonely. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what they get at towards the end, isn't it? Like, yeah. the he
1: does what he does because he is lonely and everything's changing. But his he solution like to it.
0: loneliness is making him He's, lonely as yeah, well. Yeah, it's making it worse, yeah. Um, Pearl tries to wedge all of a human's life events into one celebration, including multiple people marrying each other, a life, a, de- a birth, a death, etc., Andy takes this as a good, you know, well-meaning joke. Yeah, it's
1: like, like well, they're trying, whatever, why
0: not? I think he genuinely enjoys this, like, ah, you're trying. Yeah. Um. I just want to point out something. Um. At one point,
2: Amethyst burps fire because she ate the cooking oil, but it is also her mouth in Alexandrite that breathes the fire.
1: Oh, that's clever. Mm. I didn't think of that.
2: And it's also pink fire that she burps mm. out, which yeah. is the same as Alexandrite. I just wanted to point that out. Are you warm here? oxygen. I'm
0: boiling. This <laughs> is why I went and got water. I'm, yeah, I'm it's, doing it's a hot. It's really warm. Here. I don't think there's too much. No, there's not any heat kicking out the side <laughs> no, of this. I was <laughs> worrying if you were in the, I'm like the laptop, all the heat. was blasting yeah. heat at no, you. It's just, it's about, just like, warm in general. Warm. We will survive. Summer um, So. Andy gets a slice of cake and passes it around the circle <laughs> and no one eats it because uh, it'd be the rude thing to do. I have a point to make about this. Sure. Stephen passes it on because, you know, he's not the last person in the line, etc. The gems all pass it along because they're not the last person in the line. The last person in the line is Greg. Yeah, it goes past. Yeah, why doesn't Garnet- Greg eat it? Okay, so here's my thinking is Garnet is the person before Greg. Garnet hands it to Andy. Garnet can see the future. I think Garnet can see that if she passes it to Greg, Greg will eat it. Nothing really comes of it. If she passes it to Andy, they have a bit of an altercation, but it will ultimately lead to them sorting things out. I think maybe she future vision sees, and that's why she passes it past Greg.
2: Yeah, you would think that Greg would kind of be like, uh, what about me, guys? Yeah, (laughs) I I did initially
0: write it down as if it was a plot hole, like a plot convenience, (laughs) but when I... Contextualize that it's Garnet that passes it to Andy. I'm like, future vision is a get out clause when Garnet does something.
1: <laughs> I like that. It's it's the the um, kind of sister excuse to Uncle Grandpa did it. Yeah, Uncle, Gran- Uncle Grandpa. Uncle oh. Grandpa
0: did it or Garnet saw the future. Yeah. Those those are two very convenient yeah. excuses. No, it's an
1: amusing moment because obviously. They they continue to pass it around and it's like, you know, where are my manners? Because they see him do it and like, Oh, this is what he wants us to do. We pass yes. it around and say this, it's a human thing.
0: Yeah, they don't understand th- they're parroting it rather than understanding yes, exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Um I mean that's what makes
1: the next bit so impactful, is because yeah. then they start interacting and they start sharing an in joke about being gems. Yeah. Everyone finds it hilarious, and he has no idea what's going on.
0: So yeah, the way I've written it down here, and I'll pull up a transcript in a second, uh, is the Gems talk over Andy, because there's one point where he tries to talk and they jump in over him, they interrupt him, they do inside jokes, and they don't give him space to feel like he's part of the family. He's he's watching the family happen while he's there, he's not a part of this family, and I think that's part of what hits hits this all home for him so much.
2: Well, it'll make him feel even more lonely being around these people that are all so comfortable and happy talking together and it being like, yeah, but I'm not a part of that even though I'm here. I
1: understand it. I mean, I've done that. I've been at family reunions before and everyone's been getting along and I've just been like, I am just a black sheep and I have walked out. like. I used to do that
2: that a lot because I lived with my nan and that's where all the family functions took place. Yeah, and
1: she's a monster.
2: Yeah, basically. So... My family had come round and stuff. And I could tell that I was, I've was. i always been really different to my family. Mm. Like, as a kid, I kept being like, maybe I'm adopted. Like, I'm not like these guys. Something's up here. Yeah. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so- not adopted. I've seen my birth certificate. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but like, Andy does try, like, before he's cut off, he does try and be a part of the family. He's like, you know, look, if we're throwing traditions out the window, why don't we start with this cake? Ah, dessert before dinner. Ha, ha, ha. Like, he's trying to... Be a part of all this, and it's just not working out. He's just not being given the room to, to yeah. cut yeah. in. Uh, like, you know, they're making in jokes that are probably quite isolating if you don't understand the context. Like the one that jumps out to me is Lapis saying why don't you put that corn in a mirror for a thousand years and see how it feels about the table? Ha ha ha, it would really hate the table.
1: I feel like the only Peridot in is laugh at that one. It's
0: a joke that, like, there is no context for. Exactly. Yeah. If you're not them. Well, there's there's the thing of Peridot
2: just didn't understand human humour. That was hard to say. When she first comes down, like, that's how they end up having her falling out because she goes too far with the jokes that poke fun and things like that. So I think with that, it's like they both have this weird sense of humour where it's almost self-depreciating, but not. It's just, oh, oh, oh these are the things that happen to us.
0: Let's laugh mm. so we don't cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everyone at the table thanks each other. Again, it was, well, it's Thanksgiving because they're all thanking each other. Cough, cough, Thanksgiving. I'm going to control F the transcript and see if they say Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm pretty so. sure you're right that they don't, but yeah. also... Um, I just, I found it notable
1: that it never implies it's Thanksgiving. And that's what made me think that it was intentional. No, you're
0: right. There's no mention of Thanksgiving. That's fair. Um, yeah, they all thank each other for um, for things they've done other than Andy. It's all, um, you know, thank you, Stephen, for bringing us all together. Uh, thank you, Garnet, for getting the vegetables. Thank you, Lapidos and Peridot. Uh, Lapidos and Peridot? Lapis and Peridot for growing them. Oh, thank you, for uh, Pearl, for driving us to the store. Thank you, Stephen, for cooking the vegetables. And Amethyst for putting out the fire. And Greg for lending us the van. I guess you can say we can thank everyone. Was everyone thanked? Raise your hand if you were thanked. Like, they lay it on thick yeah. that Andy hasn't been thanked. And they do thank him. They say, like... Thank you. Yeah, Peridot says thank you for showing up. Because of you, everybody came out here to the barn and we're all here for the first time in a while. It's actually pretty great. And I think Andy's takeaway from this is they're all coming together and being a family. That's what this happiness I'm seeing between them all is, is they've come together and been a family. I'm not part of this family But it is a family, and it's my family's family, it's Greg's family. I can't take this happiness away from them, but I'm not a part of it. That's exactly how I read it. Mm -hmm. Which is a really bittersweet, like. Because
1: he clearly respects the idea of family, and I think it is him being like, okay, they're a happy and established family, but just like the rest of the family everyone's changed and moved on and I'm yeah. left by myself and so I'm just going to do what I always yeah. do and fly off
2: yeah and he, I kind of got that general thing the first time yeah. I went to your family's house at Christmas yeah because do you remember I mentioned I was talking to you and I was like oh my god it's like a Christmas advert what is this yeah I think you might mentioned yeah. that before yeah and you were just like well that's that's, that's because it's yeah. based on reality and I was like what <laughs>
0: yeah. That's,
2: that, that is not my Christmas I think
0: it's really telling that before he storms off he does tell them explicitly, he doesn't just like leave it I'm going and like leave them to assume that they're okay to use the barn, he says the barn's yours, exactly, take it yeah. Like he he says like look if this will help you be a family, have it but I don't feel like I'm a part of yes, this he's gone from blaming them to blaming himself. He's, he's hoped that he could just drop out of the sky and within a day be an incorporated part of a family, which is not really how these things work You've got to yeah. sometimes put some work... Like, you've got to be present for those connections to work.
1: I think it was more like he, he returns and he's obviously angry because he's like, this is my ban. And then he's tr- he's kind of giving them a chance. And I think at that point he's open to the idea that there can be, this can be his new family and he can integrate. Yeah. But I think he hits the point where he's like, this is not going to happen. Like, I'm not going to integrate into this family, yeah. and he just quits. Uh,
0: so, uh, Stephen is like, don't fly away. Lapis flies Stephen up to the plane. It's this is a terribly risky manoeuvre. Yeah, yeah even, she's done it before. Even if Stephen can float, where would he float down to? The middle of the ocean. Yeah, like, every time this happens, I'm like, this is really dangerous. And yeah. we know he
2: can't bubble to be in the ocean, because last time he did that, he ended up on the bottom of the ocean.
0: <laughs> um, is something wrong, Andy? Yeah, something's wrong. You're a mile in the sky hanging off a floating lady. Oh, I love Andy's dialogue. He's written so endearingly. Um, Andy is sad that his whole family moved away, started living their own lives as their own new families. I think it's not necessarily that they moved away. It's that rather than being one family, they split off and became lots of new families when they moved away and he didn't because he seemingly didn't find someone of his own to settle down with. He feels like they ran off and abandoned him without a family.
1: I read it similar to that, but a bit different. The way I read that um, section is that he was really happy with the family, and Greg was the first to go, and he resented Greg for leaving. Yeah. Then other people left, so he started resenting them. And he resented that other people... We're changing and moving away and we're not maintaining the status quo that he treasured. But at this point, he realizes that it's not them that made the situation fall apart and left him behind. It's him who refused to change with them. He refused to make accommodations for them. He didn't try and visit Greg. He didn't try and visit the others. He stayed where he was, continued doing what he was doing and was like, no, it's your fault. I'm the only one that cares because I'm the only one that's not changing. Yeah.
2: I've experienced a lot of that being the only person in my family to move out of the actual town I was born in, not just the city, but the town.
1: Well, your entire family basically live within, what, a two to five minute drive of each other, the entire family.
2: Some of them, there aren't even a driveway, like, I've got two aunts that live on the same street.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) So it's, and then, like, one of the aunts' kids lives in a flat which is literally just
0: Mm. there's, there's one like an
1: assumption in your plant. family that you're supposed to stay together yeah
2: like i got the sense that there was a feeling of betrayal that i had left mm. like my hometown and i was like yeah but in reality it's shit well you it's mentioned, so you <laughs> mentioned don't before care.
1: like even when when you graduated university that people in your family resented that you did that
2: yeah because it's kind of like i think they wanted to me to fail so they could kind of be like oh well if Retta can't do it then because I've always been the smart one in the family
1: well you have a lot of people like everyone else in your generation of your family
2: either didn't get into university or they got in and never made it to the final year
1: yeah which is fine but
2: yeah that's absolutely fine they
1: reacted to you in a very kind of petty way yeah
2: it was kind of like oh well if I've if my it, it wasn't the kids It was their parents. So it was my aunties who were all kind of like, well, if my child failed, then your child has to fail too. Like, I remember when I got my GCSE results, and I was like, oh, I got such and such results. Mm. And my auntie really fucking bitterly turned to me and went, well, it's all right for some. And I was kind of like, you asked what I got. What do you want me to do? (laughs) Like, It's not my fault your kid doesn't give a shit about school.
1: We could do a separate podcast on your family. There's so much horrible... There is. Dark
2: It's ridiculous. But it's that kind of thing of... Yeah, yeah. Like feeling betrayed because people have moved away.
1: Because people have done what's best for them.
2: Yeah, and it's kind of like, yeah, but there's... You've got to reach a point where you realise that people have to do what is right for them. And you are just as responsible to keep up a relationship as they are. You can't say, well, you never visit if you never visit them. Yeah,
1: that's the thing that Andy realises here.
2: Yeah, and it's the thing of you can be sad about change. That's okay to be sad and miss how it
0: was.
1: Yeah, but you can't resent them. Yeah, but you can't
0: resent that it's happening because change happens, it's natural. It's, um, yeah, Stephen gets thrown onto the plane at this point and he says something that's really important and we've kind of alluded to before. In terms of the importance of Greg in the family. It's I love the gems, but I'm a human too, and I never got a got a chance to know that part of of my life and family. Like, mm-hmm. Greg is a reference point to humans for sure, but he's a human that was dating a gem that's at least to some degree intertwine chosen to intertwine his life with the gems. This is the first relative he's had who's completely Distinct and separate from the gems that he can really chat to about the human bit of the family. Yeah, because someone else who can kind of share in how weird all yeah. is. Um Andy saves Stephen from falling and is just glad that Stephen is safe. He does care about his family. It's all sweet.
2: He already loves Stephen. He's only known him for one yeah. day and
0: he loves him already, which is adorable. He was excited to have a nephew, okay? Uh, Andy had a plane and he suddenly realises... Oh, I had a plane. I could have gone to see everyone. Just because they moved didn't mean I couldn't see them. I literally have a plane with which I could go see them.
2: I'm not that with my family. I'm like, you all have cars. You can come see me. I'm disabled and I have to get like a nine and a half hour coach journey. You can drive down here.
0: He doesn't like people changing, but then he realises he could have changed and kept them all in his life.
2: Yeah. You have to, sometimes you just have to change with the times, even if you miss how it used to be. Cough, cough,
0: resistant to change in lifestyle. They'll just his from jingle. Do, 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 do. Uh, Andy adjusts and tries to change to fit in with the new family, and everything's quite sweet. He sits they sit down for another attempt at dinner, he's a bit nervous, he's like, Oh, you got leftovers, I'll oh, help And I think it's nice. Like they set this up as a very believable transformation of He's gonna fit in with the family and it's he's he's found a family and they found another human mm. to join them and it's all very sweet. The end. <laughs> yeah. It's a really nice one, this. I forget how nice this episode is.
1: Yeah, I forgot how long it was, like I said, but it's it's a good episode, I think.
0: It's it's pretty lengthy, but like we we barrelled through it yeah. pretty fast, I think.
1: One thing that occurred to me during this episode, and I don't know if this is me reading too far into it, but so The barn is within driving distance of Beach City. Mm -hmm. And if the barn is nearby where Greg's family lived, does that mean when Greg left on his big tour, he basically drove to Beach City, (laughs) which is fairly nearby, then just
0: stopped and settled down? I had a similar wonder, and here's my thinking on it, is they started... It's definitely implied that he's done shows before the Beach City one. My thought is that they went off in some direction that's not towards Beach City around doing some other things and their tour just happened to come back past home. Maybe part of, of the reason why Greg settled here is not only did he see mystery, like, you know, he saw Rose, mm. who he's like, oh, you're really cute, but also maybe part of it was this is a place that feels like home and as such it was less scary for him to abandon the rockstar lifestyle here because it's somewhere familiar to him. I like your thoughtful reading, but I, I do like the amusing idea. He that, went two minutes down the yeah. road, and at the first stop was like,
1: No, I'm done! Yeah. Then he was like, here I go, you know, road trip, I'm off on my big world tour. And then drives like to the next city, and he's like, I'm going to settle here. I'm I dying. think
2: that it is more than just like a couple of minutes' drive, though. Because otherwise, Stephen would be walking to see Peridot and Lapis.
0: It's- she only sees them when he's taken
1: in the van. Yeah. Well, I I still think it's it's meant to be nearby. Yeah, yeah, I think
2: it's meant to be nearby but not as nearby as perhaps you are thinking. I, I feel
0: like it's closer than Ocean Town. <laughs> I feel like they could drive to the
1: barn in less than like forty minutes. Yeah, that's yeah.
2: what I'm thinking. Like it's about half an hour away. And or forty
0: minutes drive is still very close to home for your uh, your in, tour in, yeah, of America. In, in the context of like
1: a tour across the country
0: to I play. A just
2: imagine him like chucking the guitar in the back, hopping in the van, and then Marty just pulling over and going, "Right, we're here. off you get?"
1: <laughs> yeah. Around the corner. Yeah.
0: Uh, Anything else we'd like to say about Gem Harvest? i oh, um, Right. We've got one episode left of this episode. Is episode 113, Three Gems and a Baby. So this is another one of those episodes where we go into, like, musical flashback. Because, like, apparently this is a thing for Stephen now. It's like, no, Dad, you're not allowed to tell me stories of the past without a song. Yeah, company. there's a reference
1: to it. I can't remember which episode it is, but it's one where they sat in the back of the van. And Uh, there's something about, like, oh, you're doing a flashback, here's the guitar. Mm -hmm." Yeah, I
0: think it's the one where he starts singing the, um, like, a comet at the beginning. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: So what I like about this one is he acknowledges that this song is not a song he's made up to retell the story. This is, he already has a song prepared. (laughs) And I kind of like that thematically. Because up until this point, like, Greg's songs have been either inspirational songs about, like, I'm going to be a big old famous rock star. Or... There, they've been along those themes, or like, oh, I'm struggling to be an adult. This is the only time I'm aware of that we hear a song about him... A song that Greg Universe, Mr. Universe wrote, that was like a serious song about calming down and becoming an adult.
1: Yeah, like, the the last song we saw about needing a little change... It was yeah. kind of, like, on the edge of that realisation of growing up. Yeah. This is the other side of it. It's... This is that like, I have matured and
0: I realised I have these responsibilities yeah, yeah. now. I, I Need a Little Change is still a bit sort of, like, a bit rocky. It contains some of the same musical roots as his earlier stuff. Mm. This is, like, calm, quiet, acoustic. It feels like something that... Um, a new single dad trying to work out his feelings might write. Yeah, exactly. It, it's nice that they pair the tone and, like, sentiment of the music with his age. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's kind of what I mean. Like, you, you
1: can tell it's a song where where he's maturing. It's, yeah. He's no longer the young, energetic, kind of like, oh, things will work out. Now he's like, okay, I need to deal with this. And yeah. I don't know what yeah. I'm doing. <laughs>
0: uh, Greg, is, uh, Greg is staying with the Gems and Stephen uh, because he installed a mini disc player in his his van a decision he definitely does not regret that was very cool and it broke his heater and yeah being in a in a van in the snow with no heating a little
1: and bit he, fatal he he's willing to stay in the van but probably not to the point where he will literally freeze to death
0: again he does have
1: millions he yeah. could like have a warm place yeah, to sleep and kind like i don't know I could see them doing an episode where like he buys a house, but at the same time, I do think it's part of his charm that like, he doesn't feel the need to do that. He's like, no, I've got the van. Yeah. I'm happy with the van. So I, I feel
0: like it, I part like of it is him not wanting to move on from his rock star years as well. Like, if yeah. he buys a house, part of him is acknowledge that like, he's <laughs> given up on his yeah, dreams. Yeah, settled down now, possibly. I do have a, a side-connected question. In this episode, we end up seeing Greg living uh, in Vidalia's house because she's gone away for a trip or something. As soon as Vidalia gets back, and Greg presumably has to move out, did Greg for a while raise baby Stephen in the van? I have to assume they were mm. staying with
1: her. I don't think... Because we've seen before, he kind of depends on her and just wanders into the
0: house. I think for Stephen's first couple yeah, of years... He, he, he makes... He isn't the whole point of that... Um, I, I need a little change episode that he realises I need to stop re- relying on the yeah. Dahlia.
1: Possibly, but I mean, unless he could have been paying them, because at this point he's working in the car wash. So, unless yeah. he's basically paying a uh, rent. I doubt is, it. You know, I, think.
2: <laughs> I think him and Stephen have been sleeping in the van. That's like
1: child services level of irresponsibility. Yeah,
0: like, you know, it seems like a thing that people would let slide in Beach City, but also, like, it's. If you're listening, don't raise your kid in a van. No, That's
1: no. not a good plan. No. Also, don't don't depend on mini discs.
0: That's a dead format. Well, he <laughs> did know that at the time, and if he's enjoying his mini disc player, who were we to disparage him? I, I only I,
1: have, I only ever knew one person who owned a mini disc player. One.
0: Uh, we had an external mini disc player for our PC <laughs> at one point. Nice. Uh, I
1: don't see, even
2: know what
1: a mini disc is. Basically, it was kind of like people hadn't moved on to like MP3 players yet, but mm. CDs were kind of looking a bit old and dated. So you had mini discs where you actually could burn songs to them and then play them in this trendy
0: little mini disc player. It was kind of like you know how an SD card is. Yeah. It was like a big chunk. It's kind of halfway between an SD card and a VHS tape. Like <laughs> it's it's like a cartridge you put into like uh, like a. Like a video game cartridge from the early 90s. They seemed very trendy so when they, they came thing. out, but yeah. they yeah. very, very quickly got overtaken by MP3s. Format yeah. wars. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so Stephen is 14. This is uh-huh. confirmation again, like he is older than we probably think of him as. Yeah.
1: yeah. One thing I wanted to ask, so has he been growing consistently across the series? Like we've seen a single birthday, but if we go all the way back to episode one, is he 13 now or is he like 11 and he's grown? I think
0: it's... he's 13 when the show starts. We mm-hmm. see his 14th birthday. He is now 14. See, I don't think I, don't think, I so. think that all these episodes have happened over the space of less than one year. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I'm yeah. not
1: convinced. I think we could, we've seen seasons change. I don't know. I just, I feel I don't, like it's... I
0: don't know that we've seen more than one winter. Well, when Connie arrives, is that her initial summer off from school? I think so. So we've had maybe a year and three months, would be my guess. Because I think we have the one winter, the, the first winter that Connie's in town where Greg chose to drive Connie home and. Yeah, and we know yeah. there's another winter now. And this winter here. yeah, We see two winters, which for me I think is about somewhere between one year and 18 months. Mm, I think about two years. I'm, I'm basing this on absolutely nothing, but, my <laughs>
1: but I feel like we've seen about two yeah. years worth. Where- From Uh, episode one to now. Also, autistic autistic, autistic autistic
0: spectrum jingle. Um, Stephen shouts the word dad at his dad who sat right next to him with no awareness of his own volume. And his dad has to point out (laughs) to him that he doesn't have good volume (laughs) awareness. Autistic spectrum behavior jingle. Uh, I don't know.
2: Mia tells me off for not having good volume awareness. That's true.
0: This is just me using excuses to be like, oh, it's that thing we do all the time. You know, it's kind of a thing I do in this show now. I feel the need to like, could it be that? It's it's a thing that like, it it is a stretch. That's part of the thing. Kind of part of the joy of autistic spectrum jingles at this point is that some of them will be a stretch, but I'll do it anyway. Mm, mm. Um, This episode shows Greg adjusting quickly to being a single dad. I think because he has to. Yeah, it's he is now a single dad. He doesn't have Rose to rely on. He's got to work it out because he's got a kid. Yeah, and I think for a lot of people, it's why for a lot of people having a kid is where they grow up a lot. Is you have to otherwise, yeah. the child will die. S- yeah, suddenly there is like, oh, there is a human life that relies on me to keep it to keep it functioning. Mm-hmm. I have to work out how to be an adult to keep this human alive, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. Greg does adjust pretty well, it seems. Like, yeah. he's he's a little clumsy and cluttery, but he's clearly putting the necessary effort in to, like, be a responsible yeah, parent. there's definitely
1: a jump here. He's closer to modern-day Greg than Star Starchild's Greg. Yeah. Speaking of which, though, have you noticed that in this episode he's, like, he's balding? But he's yes. Not bald. However, the photo of him and Rose, he's bald in it. So at some point his hair grew back and then rebalded.
0: <laughs> um, you you know what I would would say the deal mm. there is um, Uncle Grandpa. Uncle Grandpa did it. <laughs> Uncle Grandpa is like I'm gonna regrow Greg's hair and oh, then take it away. Is, is it the last thing that Rose did before she passed away? She like licked his head and like his hair grew back for a while, but it was only temporary.
2: Does that mean if Stephen licks his head every so often his hair will grow back? Yeah. I, I do wonder. Can like, lick is...
0: his leg, like, leg hair grows. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs>
2: just have, like, a hairy patch where he's
0: licked. Is, does that explain how Stephen got, like, that one facial hair at one point? Is because he just, like, licked his yeah. lips and just gave himself one facial hair? New potential career for him. It could be, like, a reverse
1: hairdresser. <laughs> People come in and, they're like, oh, I'd like it to be shoulder length. And he's like, okay, I'm just going to, like, lick the hell out of your head. Hold still. That's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: does. Stephen's gem need to breathe because baby Stephen is more comfortable with his gem exposed. I wondered
1: about that, but I saw it maybe as just that he's a baby and he's uncomfortable with it being covered and it's like he's got something stuck on him. He's not really used to it yet.
0: Did you put it down to just... General baby stuff, as opposed to the gem specifically. A bit
1: of both. I was thinking is modern day Stephen just used to the gem and how the gem feels. But baby Stephen was like, "There's a thing stuck to me and I don't like it."
2: Well, Rose used to have her gem out. That's she had the still have her gem out. Most yeah. gems
1: have it showing. Yeah, it's I, I... only
2: amethyst that has hers kind of covered because it's on a, uh, yeah, in between her boobs. Mm.
0: I do wonder with Stephen how much of him having it covered now is down to he has learnt that that is a societal norm that he's supposed to do.
1: Maybe, but I guess I feel like Stephen wouldn't care.
0: Yeah. <laughs> autistic spectrum jingle. Maybe he doesn't like the two textures rubbing against clothes. There you go. Yeah, the autistic spectrum jingle. Our own kind of fits.
2: Yeah. Um, I have to say, during the song, at one point when Greg sits down and he's holding Stephen, he sees a photo of like this nuclear family on the table, which is Vidalia, yes. Yellowtail and Sour Cream. And he looks so sad because obviously he doesn't have that.
1: It's a good moment, I think, because it underlines how much he's struggling on his own. And it's like, oh, ah, yeah. if Rose was here, then we could be I, doing this together yeah. as I a really, family.
0: I really get the impression from this that like, I don't know whether Rose... I, I get the feeling... Yeah, Rose knew that she wouldn't exist when Stephen did because she has her whole thing on that tape of yeah. we can't both exist. Mm-hmm. Every time I see how sad Greg is about losing rose part of me wonders did rose warn him or did she keep quiet about the fact that she would die yeah because
1: when she talks about the fact she's not going to be there she's talking to the camera when greg is not there yeah so it is possible that he wasn't aware i I feel like she must have said it though rather than she's giving birth and she's like bye greg yeah one thing that i
2: wonder like does it do it as in like when a gem reforms does she just kind of, like, shrink down and then this white blob of Stephen appears? No. I think,
1: like, she was giving birth and then she kind of, like, inverted back on herself, like a spine reverse. Is she kind <laughs> she of she gave like, birth to herself. Yeah, and, like, she, like, Stephen kind of then came out of her, she was disappearing and it was just this gory mess.
2: That's horrifying. <laughs> so, Thank you point, for that mental image. My point being,
0: I, I get, I keep getting the impression, and again, there's not much to base it on, I other than the fact that she's kind of secretive about talking to the camera about them both not existing, Mm. I get the feeling that Greg wasn't really warned this would be the case. Like, he maybe had a picture in his mind of, like, when he's like, oh yeah, let's have a kid, that he thought it would be him, Rose, and the kid, not just him and the kid.
1: I definitely think that at the initial point, of Rose being like, "Hey, I'm pregnant." It wasn't like, "Hey, I'm pregnant. I'm gonna die in nine months." Bye. Mm.
2: How did she know what was gonna happen though? Because
1: yeah, that's that's I've wondered that. Who like, would
2: think that it had never happened if, before. It, either
1: it's happened before and Rose knew, and she was going from that, or Uncle Grandpa told her.
0: Well, it has happened before, obviously, because uh, oh, Connie's God. mum is is <laughs> a half-jam. <laughs> <laughs> I I still find that theory kind of hilarious. Yeah. The silhouettes are kind of similar.
1: We're going to look very ridiculous when that turns out to be true.
0: When it turns out to be true, I will, like, eat a good old big slice yeah. of humble pie. Which is like, but... I'm white diamond, I was here all along. I would, like, legitimately, I would love that. It would make my day. <laughs> <laughs> it would be the best episode of Stephen, uh, of, of Crystal Clockcast we've ever recorded. Mm, mm. Um, Amethyst calls Stephen Little Rose, at which point... Garnet corrects her on both name and pronouns. Yeah, I,
1: I did notice that everyone uses he, which is nice and respectful.
0: Yeah, I, I, I've seen this argued and I really like this interpretation as a good moment for Garnet to basically, as the LGBT relationship analogue within the group, she is the one to basically be like, to do the respect trans people's new name and pronouns thing? Because, <laughs> like, Cause, like it, that's isn't... essentially what this is a stand-in <laughs> yeah. for, is... No, this is no longer sh- Rose, she, her. This is Stephen, mm-hmm. he, him. Yes. Rose has transitioned. Respect that. As It transitioned into a baby human. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I... You know, I don't think that's what this was intended to be, but I like that reading yeah, of this scene. I, I don't think it was written in like that, but I it's, do, I like this It's a nice effect. respectful moment of, if someone changes their name and pronouns, please respect yeah. that. It's kind of underlined a little bit by the fact that Kana
1: then is like, oh, screw it, let's get Rose back. <laughs> Like, well, at this point, it's kind of like, oh, he's Steven. And later on, she's like, Rose, get out. Come on. Yeah,
0: well, that's when that's when she gets her whole, like, fusion thing in her head. But we'll um, get there. So, um, Pearl is really not happy to be there. She wants to just turn up, drop off the, the gifts, and leave. She, no she does there at all. She is pissed off that Rose is gone yeah, because she, Greg got her pregnant. Yeah. She... You killed Rose. <laughs> she's She is absolutely miserable. It's... You you know what's really interesting here? I've seen people write some really interesting articles about comparing this to the way that, like... Let's say Rose... Let's picture Rose as a human who's Mm -hmm. died during childbirth, seeing Pearl as the analogue for the dead mother's parents. Yeah. The, I know that you didn't do anything wrong, but I'm still angry and I don't want to see you because you getting our daughter pregnant is what killed her. It's this sort of, like, I'm resentful... Like, while it's not your fault that this person is dead and they, this is the thing they wanted to do, I resent you for their death.
1: I, I do kind of like that. But at the same time, I think at this point in the show, that's almost giving Pearl too much credit. Mm. Because Pearl, we've seen at this point, is quite a bitchy person and mm. she wants to kind of sabotage the relationship. I mean, granted, some time has passed, but I still think she's not got the level of maturity to have that kind of complicated emotion, I genuinely mm. think it's more on the surface at this point. It's just, hey, Rose is dead because of you and I never liked you. And it's mm. your fault. And now there's this blob.
0: Well, again, that's kind of my point, is that the I feeling... call Stephen a blob. <laughs> the feeling does come down to, I loved this person and they are gone because of you. Your well, relationship yeah. killed her. Yeah. But I, I think in real life when that happens,
1: it's, it's obviously a more complicated situation. But I think here, well, I don't
0: think there's it, any... It's not a more complicated here. situation if the parents already hate the, the, so. the person. It depends how much of an asshole, there Yeah. Um, they all bring gifts. The sort of uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh mm-hmm. for the... the Three wise gems. Exactly. Uh, Garnet brings a razor because he will need it <laughs> in the future.
1: I took this as, as... Obviously, it's amusing, like, our future vision. She sees he's going to use it. But I also... Took it as an example of that even Garnet doesn't quite understand what a baby is. Yeah,
0: I think for all three of them, like, their gifts come from well-meaning places, but a lack of understanding quite of how humans work. <sighs> yeah, definitely. Because Garnet is like, hey, you're going to need this, but a lack of understanding of, like, the time frame of human development. And a razor is a fairly dangerous thing to hand to a baby. Yeah. Um. Amethyst... Basically doesn't understand that, like, Stephen can't shapeshift because mm. it's like, oh, you're not big enough for adult nappies. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, and Pearl's is, Pearl's is, like, honestly is the most thoughtful of the gifts, I think. Uh, I'll deal with the cat in a sec. I think Pearl's is the most thoughtful of the gifts. Stop looking. I'll deal with it as soon as I finish yeah, this sentence. Yeah, I please. cat hair I, food. I will deal with it as soon as <laughs> I finish this sentence. Um, Pearl gets a dictionary because Stephen doesn't know words. He's a being that doesn't know how to communicate. Mm. That's a really thoughtful gift. Yeah. She does definitely see seem as if she's very reluctantly
1: handing it over. Yeah. Like, oh, Garnet made me buy gifts. So I have yeah. bought this thing that I suppose is Just useful. Just like there you go. I
2: have heard that this is the norm, and therefore here you go. But well, I'm not
0: very happy about yeah. it. But it's still like even if she's resentful about giving it, it's still a thoughtful gift. She's like, I understand that when humans are born, they cannot communicate. This is a dictionary of human words. This is a useful tool. I guess so. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of headcanoning it a bit, but
1: I see this as Garnet being like, we are going there, we are bringing gifts, it will be nice, let's do this. I don't think Pearl would have bothered turning up on her own had she not pressured into it. but
0: I think if the whole thing is we are coming bringing gifts, she put more effort than she necessarily had to into this. I don't know, maybe I'm giving her too <laughs> much credit here. It could
2: also be that she thinks Greg is stupid, so the kid will need to learn somehow.
0: Yeah, possibly. That's a fair point. Uh, so the gems get used to Stephen pretty pretty quickly. Uh, they enjoy watching Stephen have a good old laugh at Carabina. Carabina. <laughs> it's a fun little like baby thing. That like, babies yeah. do love keys and shiny yeah. things. You just jangle something shiny in front of them, yeah. and they're like, Ah, this is great. <laughs> Never stop this. <laughs> um, at which point, while Steven's laughing, the gem glows. And the gems assume that it's Rose trapped in there, trying to reform as it herself. It's like she's blinking at like, them. Like I'm I think I'm here, trapped. It, it's understandable that they would see Rose's gem glow—a thing that usually happens when Rose is doing something—and um, go, "Oh crap, that's Rose." Yeah, I, I can kind of understand it at this point. It's a little
1: bit awkward how excited they get though.
0: Yeah, they. It's awkward that they're telling Stephen this story excitedly that like, oh, there was this point where we were just like, oh, yeah, fuck you. We want Rose back. Yeah, I think I actually
1: kind of like the fact that they do reference that, though, in, in like the framing device of um, being in the present. Like Stephen is kind of like, this is kind of screwed up for things that you <laughs> did. Like, this isn't normal. And the gems, like, to their credit, do also say basically, yeah, we didn't know what we were doing. It was yeah. a different time.
0: Greg is really understandably worried. Uh, His first question, I believe, is, is it going to shoot a laser? (laughs) Um, I do like that he's like, you know, babies
1: don't glow. And he's like, maybe they do. I don't know anything about babies. I'm a single dad. I don't really know. It's like, I don't think I ever glowed. What do you do when a human baby glows? He runs off to find the baby book to look up if babies glow. Mm. And I
2: I just love that the baby book is called Babies, huh? (laughs)
1: Babies, huh? Oh, what are we going to do about them? (laughs) I love the idea of him going to, like, the index and be like, glow, glow. glow. There's nothing here about glowing. <laughs> it's,
0: it's like, gurgle? Is that close enough? <laughs> um. So basically, at this point, the gems steal Stephen. <laughs> they just straight up kidnap
2: him, which is terrible. Yep. But um, I had a thought about his gem glowing. It's to do with him being happy, which is why it glows in the, the episode... The Cookie Cat episode, whatever that is. Yep. His
0: gem usually glows when he's about to use his abilities, when he's about to summon his shield, etc. As we learn, he's more able to summon those abilities when he's happy. He was happy at the carabiner, that's why he glowed. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: we know like his emotions are completely linked to his powers and his gem. That must
2: be really annoying. Having your emotions linked to your abilities. Mm. Well, I guess everyone has their emotions linked to their abilities. If you feel like shit, you're not going to perform very well.
0: Yeah, but like if there was like a giant meteor crashing down to Earth and you could save the planet, but only if you're happy and you're like, we're all going to die, I have to be happy.
2: And it's like, what makes me happy? Oh, I'll think of my loved ones. Oh, wait, they're going to die in this horrible crash. What do I do?
0: (laughs) So everyone has
2: different... um,
0: Theories about what's happening to Stephen Brackets, Rose's gem. Uh, I think the theories are tied to the thing that they want it to be. That it's tied to the things they either want it to be or the things that they, things te- solutions tend to be for them. Yeah. They're very self-centered approaches to it, I think. Yeah, because
1: like Pearl's theory is basically that Rose is in there and they should just kind of rip the gem off them. But like, yeah. yeah, Rose is back because Pearl has absolutely kind of no positive feelings whatsoever towards Stephen. She has no yeah. respect for Stephen as an individual.
0: Yeah, you're just a vehicle for Rose to not be gone forever. Yeah, just a kind of a fleshy sack that Rose's yeah. gem stuck to. I, I love um Amethyst's line, Good thing we left without any explanation whatsoever. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, at least, thank you writers for acknowledging that maybe a conversation would have been useful. Yeah. Um, so Garnet thinks. Actually, where do we start with? Uh, Amethyst is first, and she's like, "Why are you still a baby? Is it just really fun?" Morphs into a baby, and she's like, "Yeah, that's pretty cool." Yeah, so I, I get it. You know, I love I,
2: that she has. She's like Garnet, awesome. hold me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> apparently that's a very important fa- factor of it. It's being yeah. held. Uh, I like the touch where she adds in, like, yeah, this is awesome, but this is longer, even longer than I spent as a toilet. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck?
2: I'm like, mm-hmm. I hope she wasn't
0: a toilet that was getting use out of it. It's a very
1: quick throwaway line. It's like, there's knowing, a story there. Knowing Amethyst?
0: Like, we have had the theories before about Amethyst and poop. We have yeah. had theories about Amethyst and poop before. Uh, <laughs> let's move on from that nice and quickly. Um... Amethyst goes between baby and adult back and forth very quickly, making Stephen laugh, but not really getting anywhere. Uh, Garnet unfuses to demo, like, hey, fuse, unfuse. You know, you can go back to being Rose. And what was she expecting the other half of this fusion to be? Because Greg's still alive. I don't know. It's like, here's Rose and, like, a tiny Greg. Yeah, like,
1: just a pile of flesh and
0: bones.
2: Maybe she was expecting it to be here's Rose and then the sperm. Just a pile of sperm <laughs>
1: comes
0: out. Just Ew! Like where of is blood. your mind today, right? I
2: don't know.
0: It's honestly, th- I
1: think it was it was a genuine baby and Rose. Were I
0: you think just thinking was. that like Ro- the gem would disconnect and become Rose again? I think that's what Garnet was thinking. Yeah. Okay, that's a fair that's a fair read. I can't I think like of a myself. better read than that. I don't like yours. Um, (laughs) Rude. But Stephen cries and panics because babies have no object permanence and panic's going, where is big square mum? Mm -hmm.
1: To be honest, I think I would panic if someone did that. If I was talking to you and you just split into two smaller people,
0: I would not have a
1: calm reaction.
0: (laughs) Well, to be fair, like, babies aren't aware that that's not supposed to happen, but also they have no object permanence and they're like, where did big square um, mum go? I think it is
1: a reference to that as well, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um... One of my cousins once did that when their mum dyed their hair, their own hair, not the baby's hair. Yeah. Yeah, they dyed their hair blonde when they used to be a brunette, and then when the baby saw him, it just used to cry. Oh. It, and then whenever she talked, it would stop crying and look around, and <laughs> just cry when he saw her
0: again. My my favorite mm. is when you see babies that um you meet a parent that has an identical twin, and they just look back and forth, they're really confused, yeah. like. You're here, and you're there, and you're here, and just, what? And they just get very confused. Aww, it's babies adorable.
2: Babies do the same with pictures as well. I used to babysit um, my mum's friend's kid when I was back at home. And in my mum's bedroom, she has this giant-ass picture of me, but as a teenager, so I still look the same. Mm. And I once took the baby up there, and... He was looking just from the picture and to me looking really confused and he just kind of pointed at the picture then pointed at me. And he was just kind of like, I don't understand what's going on here but there's something happening. You're there and you're here. What? What?" But yeah, babies are quite funny with uh, recognition.
0: <laughs> uh, so at this point, Greg is trying to catch up with the van, understandably. He has a bit of a theory working in his head. Dog. Sled. Dog. Sled. Yeah, at this moment dog. I was like, I don't sled. remember
1: him doing that and stealing a dog would be uh, kind of mean. But we find out what
0: happened. He ends up just getting chased by the dog <laughs> yeah, and the sled. I like, I like that. My also. read is that he tried to steal the dog and the sled and it didn't go yeah. very well.
1: <laughs> the dog was not amused, I imagine.
0: No, he, he didn't want to lose the sled either. Um... Pearl wants to physically pull the gem out, and we've had allusions to this before because, like, it wasn't that long ago we had the episode with the rubies where it's like, what would even happen if I didn't have my gem in yeah. that, like, bubbled episode? Yeah. Uh, she goes to do it and she stops because she knows that Rose wanted this. She doesn't understand why, but she doesn't want to go against Rose's wishes. Because if Rose was around she wouldn't like that being done.
1: Yeah, so it's not that she doesn't want to tear a piece of a baby off. It's more no, that she's and like, risk Rose, killing the baby. If Rose
0: was here, Rose would be like pissed off at me for like going against yeah, her wishes. So it's how I probably
1: shouldn't do this horrible, extremely painful thing to this poor baby.
2: Yeah, instead it's oh, I should follow the orders that were set by Rose. Mm,
1: Pearly's just a horrible person at this point. She's awful. Mm. I don't like Pearl.
2: Honestly, there's a lot of times when Pearl is just horrible because yeah. mm. she only cares about Rose and anything else, anything, anyone else is just to be totally disregarded if yeah. it's a way to get back,
0: mm. get Rose like, back. Like only recently has she actually. Got it, it, like, even when the show starts, she has a lot of resentment yeah, towards definitely. Stephen for not being Rose. Yeah. Like that's a thing she carries for a long time. Um,
2: well, even the um, the song that she sings. Uh, It's over, isn't it? Yeah. She says, and now I've got to be there for her son. Yeah,
1: she's Mm.
0: like, oh, fuck, my responsibility now.
2: (laughs) Exactly, so that carries on a long time when she's kind of like, but you're not Rose.
1: Yeah, I mean, it goes back to what we were talking about in earlier episodes, like, Garnet likes Steven for Steven, but... In a lot in the early episodes, Pearl seems to not really like Steven. It's just like, well, you're kind of Rose, so I kind of yeah, have to like you. I think
2: a lot of Pearl's early thinking is I have to protect Steven because if he damages Rose's gem, Rose can never come back. Possibly. Yeah,
0: yeah. Or well, like, if I train you well enough, maybe you'll end up being Rose. <laughs> maybe Rose will just
1: come back, magically.
0: Uh, I like the, the solution to this episode where the two sets of parents come together and realise they both have lacking... Oh, that neither of them knows everything they need to know to raise Stephen properly. Yeah, they're all missing um, Rose, and they're all kind of like, we don't yeah. really know what we're doing Gems, with this baby. Gems were never kids. Greg never glowed. They need to parent as a pair. Which is a nice sentiment <laughs> until you realise that at about the age of five... Greg basically just hands Steven over to the gems and goes, your turn. Yeah, I'm not a great fan of that. I, I feel, yeah. I really feel like Greg should have moved in with the gems as well. Yeah, like, they all should have lived in the well, temple. Well, we see that, like, he wants to spend
1: more time with Stephen. Yeah, but,
0: but I think a lot of it is, Pearl doesn't want that.
1: Yeah, I do wonder, like, how much of it is the gems being, like, well, you're at work all the time washing cars. We can look after Stephen. We're always hanging around the house. We built this special nice house for him. He's yeah, because
2: Greg, like at the beginning, anyway. Now he doesn't yeah. need to, but at the beginning he was like working to kind of support Stephen and make yeah. sure Stephen had everything he needed. So yeah. the gems was were kind of full time babysitters
1: yeah, rather that's, than that's a better way. Of I think it. I
0: think there's also part of it that is. The gems, at least for a while, seem to forget this. Uh, this sort of Stephen as a hybrid um, situation, and they, I think, part of it is he is a gem. He needs to be trained up to fight. Should he ever need to fight in a gem war, therefore, training him with us is the most important thing. Not doing all this silly nonsense human stuff. Basically, treating him as a child soldier rather than pretty much. A child. <laughs> Uh, last thing on this, Garnet couldn't predict what was going to happen or what Steven was going to be, but she did not have the necessary inf- input information okay. mm-hmm. in this computer process yep. because she doesn't understand humans well mm-hmm. enough. She just probably does not know many babies. Indeed, she did not know enough about babies to make an output mm-hmm. of, like, oh, this is, yeah. this is a baby that glows, not a gem trapped in a baby.
2: There was one just kind of, like, throwaway thing where... Um, I think it's Garnet says, Well, you didn't mind when the when he was kidnapped by a teenage girl and Greg's like, That was the babysitter. She was so scared when you threw a jungle gym at her.
1: It's it's a fun little exchange. like you can imagine how that would have gone. Like yeah. they think Steve's been kidnapped and they kind of chase down this poor babysitter.
2: Yeah, can you imagine looking after a baby and then suddenly the gems come after you?
0: <laughs>
2: I'd be like, terrifying. You know what? I'm never looking after your kid again, you can keep her. <laughs> Aw,
0: so that's everything I have on this episode. Do either of you have anything else you'd like to throw in? Nope, nope that's it for me. All right. Well, with that, we're done. We we Woo! finished episode twenty-three of the Clodcast. Cool, cool.
1: I am uh, pleased. This was a very kind of sweaty, warm episode, but we we got through it.
0: Yeah, it definitely helped. <laughs> we took a break like before this last episode. We we had a night's sleep so that we could wake up in the morning with a nice. Uh, cool yeah. house to record because in. we were kind of dying. <laughs> yeah, we were all sort of falling asleep from heat at one yes. point. We, we we made it through, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, time to do self-promotion. Mia, where are you on the internet?
1: You can find me on Twitter at God where I regularly tweet about basically everything I am also on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash meaviolet If you want to pay a dollar and watch me cry, that's something you'll be able to do soon. Because I recorded a video about dysphoria where I got very upset during it. So that'll be going up probably around the time this episode goes up. Woo, where are you, Rata?
2: I am super Rata pretty much everywhere. Especially on PSN where I play Plants vs. Zombies all the time.
0: S U P A R R A that Y T A R. It's a good correct.
1: Point If you want friends to play Plants vs. Zombies 2 with on PS4. yeah.
2: Anyone want to play Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 2? Then add me at Super Raytar on PSN.
1: Ooh. I do like how you said that in a very kind of advertising y way. It's mm-hmm. like a radio kind of thing. Yeah,
0: that's my jingle. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Laura K. pretty much everywhere and uh, at Kotaku UK where I do a bunch of my stuff at the moment. Um... Look out in the next couple of days for a thing I'm writing about Sonic OCs and Sonic Forces and how character creation in Sonic games is opening up some weird avenues. So look out for that on Kotaku UK soon. Thank you for listening to another episode. Oh, I should promote the other podcasts I do because I never do this enough. (laughs) Uh, If you like Dungeons and Dragons, I'm on uh, on, on a real play Dungeons and Dragons podcast called Dice Funk, where I play a tiefling bard. And I'm also on Podquisition, which is kind of a video game news show, but quite rude. Uh, There we go. Thank you very much. We'll have another episode next week. Bye.